Hello there, little chuddlers. Brian jumping in at the top of the podcast one more time. Not to say that anything's wrong with it, but to let you know that uh, we had a little goof. As you see, uh, there is no Dear David Part 2, and I think I mentioned it in the episode we're going to cover it. But we got a little excited about Scream on this one, so we went a little long with that. Uh, Dear David will continue next week, so... Look forward to that, but for this one, we're going to celebrate all things Scream and a little music moment from Sam. So, we'll see you there. Not the chuddle. Chuddle. This movie sounds awful. I'm sorry, guys. Surprise! Whoa. Touching butts. Kinky. Creepypasta. Please. Boina. You can't say Teddy Spaghetti three times or else. Don't mention his name. Pastacle. A Ouija version of The Stranger. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey. hey. Out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod, where three best friends get together and talk about the curious world around us. And what do I mean about the curious world around us? Well, we get together, we sit here on our little webcams, and we uh, we look at things, things that interest us. Some mystery stuff, mm-hmm. some movie stuff, some history stuff, some music stuff. It's all stuff. It is. But, uh, all stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's all stuff. It's all stuff. It's all stuff. And we're all things, man. And we're here just stuffing our yeah. things into other things. So those two beautiful voices that you hear are my lovely co-occupants. We'll jump over to Sam first. You can follow him oh. at Chuddle the Sam on Twitter and Instagram. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. I am doing pretty well. I'm feeling good. It's nice to see you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I, uh, I had a coffee right before this and I, I i was a little sleepy and i thought it would help but i'm like freaking out man mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like a coffee hasn't <laughs> too much caffeine hard in years since before i started drinking coffee so oh, that's uh, we'll see how it goes should be good should be good yeah it'll be a lot of fun right 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 right, right. Yeah. brian say right ross say right 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 right, right. that's thank great you thank you sam and that uh <laughs> <laughs> that that little bit more of a calm voice you hear chiming in is my other co-occupant ross follow him at chuddle the ross on instagram how are you doing oh hello (laughs) we're gonna kind of do an Uh, opposite thing today i'll i'll stay right in the middle you go slow you do whatever you're doing sam and and we're gonna roll with sam's on the caffeine uppers whatever you need i'm I'm here perfect i kind of i honestly i kind of like cold brew sam i mean this is uh it's like you got some extra caffeine in your stuff i think this, is, I, this might get interesting <laughs> certainly is certainly is um well th- again oh as always thank you for having me oh it's a pleasure uh, th- it's a pleasure things have been well uh things have been good stuff has been good with the well of the things fantastic uh, actually I think what you stated that earlier, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, doing the day-to-day, thing-to-thing, week-to-week, month-to-month, just watching and waiting and creeping and chuddling, you know, <laughs> like we all are. Yeah, like we all watching are. Watching and waiting and creeping like we all do. <laughs> <laughs> that common occurrence of us here. And lastly, uh, I am your final co-occupant of this beautiful podcast that we call Chuddle the Pod. My name is Brian. You can follow me at Chuddle the Brian on Twitter and Instagram, and that is Brian with a Y, because we because love you. We love him. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's it. We sure do. So, uh, I've been doing well. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, it's been a few weeks since it's come out, so I'm not still going to say really much about it. But I went and saw the new Spider Spider Man film. 
And no speed yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it yeah. quite a bit. If nice. you like the Spider-Man movies, you'll really like this one. If you like Marvel movies, you'll enjoy it. If you don't care about both. either of those things, you, you, you will probably be like, yeah. all right, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't really know what's going on, but you know, all right. <laughs> sure. That's fantastic. That's awesome. oh, I'm glad you enjoyed the thing with the stuff. Thank that you. was great. Thank Did you. Yes, you yes. Like, climb walls or anything afterwards, like when you saw the first, first Spider-Man movie? Of I course. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking for myself, but when the old Tobey Maguire one came out at the movie theater. Mm-hmm in town the walls were kind of slanted out front and me and my friends oh, were yeah. trying to run up as high as we could <laughs> that was a common occurrence either before well before and well after that movie came out we would mm-hmm. try you to spider-man the that oh i'm, I'm yeah. very familiar with it i don't know mm-hmm. ross you've probably been lurking around that area creeping as you uh, tend we to did. do uh we went to go see what did we see at that theater Oh, Sam, we went to go see Cabin, Cabin in, the in the Woods. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. I was We saw Cabin in the Woods there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I think that was your second viewing, too. You were like, dude, we have to go. <laughs> we have to see this. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you so much for, for joining us yet again. We have a, an, a, a quite an exciting episode for you today. As you saw in the description, we are going to be covering... Uh, a couple things, but uh, it's it's mm-hmm. going to be for the most part a two-parter, not a two-parter, a, t- a two-segment one for you with Sam slipping right in the middle with a one of his little things. Yeah, little <laughs> Sam, Sam's little shorty in the middle of really uh, short. Sam's little shorty in the chuddle sandwich. Yes, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'll call it. So Ross is going to start us off this evening, uh, taking us into the movie that is in will maybe forever be known as scream because that's the name of the movie so yeah, we're going to uh-huh. be talking about that yeah. first and then we're going to head into part two of dear david with me and uh you know as always finish it up with would you rathers so get those would you rathers thought about and ready boys so we got some good ones and you know mm. what audience our beautiful wonderful audience send those suggestions our way because we're just pulling them out of our ass at this point, and we could definitely use that help, right? Yeah. Yes. Hit us yes. up on socials, and our email is chuddlethepod at gmail. Is that right? Th- that is correct. Yes. We got that mm-hmm. email. We were able to get it. We did get that email. <laughs> and, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, we have to let you know that we pull stuff out of our ass constantly. Our asses are not bottomless pits. This they, It will run It will run dry sometime, so we need your help. We need your this help. Is, we need your help. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. And more information than I think I've known about you, Sam. But maybe I always knew it in my heart. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break before we jump into our little video roundup with Ross. So we'll be back. And we're back. Thank you so much to our kind sponsors for those kind words of encouragement. So... As we said before the break, we're going to go into the video roundup with a, we'll call it a celebration of a movie, mm-hmm. uh, one that we all love. And as we said before, you've seen in the description, so I don't know why I'm hiding it, but we're going to go over to Ross to talk about it for this week's video roundup. Well, hey there, buckaroos. Welcome for another video roundup with your pal, Ross. Spoilers ahead. Red right hand. Well, hey guys. <laughs> hey Ross. How are you guys doing today? I'm great. Yeah, are doing, we, I got, doing well. I we, just went and I'm saw Spider Man. 
I had a quick question for you. Yes. What's your favorite scary movie? Ooh, that scream. is the question. It's probably I. It's probably it's yeah. Probably yeah, I scream. figured you guys would probably be scream. And funny enough, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. If you didn't hey. catch by us talking about it before, or possibly the introduction label on this video, um, dude, scream, scream, scream. Ah! Yeah, man. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Um, the oh, man, the adrenaline shot to slashers. I mean, this movie um, literally resurrected a subgenre of horror uh, back into the mainstream. This was, uh, I mean, like we can kind of, we talked about with Black Christmas uh, about the importance of uh, a film and kind of how it's like a precursor and kind of like, there's mm -hmm. always these ideas of like granddaddies of things. Uh, sure. But it's a totally different scenario when you have a film that like a Lotus comes up from the muck of just mm -hmm. terrible cinema. I mean, by the end of uh, just the late eighties and stuff like that, I mean like guys, as much as I love terrible movies, I mean, the slasher genre was getting really bad. Like, I, I, really, yeah, really I mean, bad. I, I wasn't there, you know, um, but mm -hmm. historically, that's what I hear is that the slasher essentially was dead. And even the schlock was like, not even that fun. <laughs> oh, totally. And it's and, and by 1996 or a little, you know, obviously a little before that. Um, yeah. I mean, it was kind of at a grinding halt. I mean, like, you know, you had 15 and 16 and so I mean, I'm exaggerating, but I mean, like, you know, you, we've got our nightmare on Elm streets. We've got our Friday, the 13th. We have all of these just, I'm not going to say subpar because I do love some of these sequels, but just not great stuff. So, I mean, when this movie came out, Holy kablooey. Um, huge. Huge. Now, for anybody who's never actually uh, seen Scream before, uh, it's... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Sam's got some words for you. Well, no, they're just... I mean, I know we have spoilers ahead in the thing, but... <laughs> oh, to oh, absolutely. But um, realistically speaking, though... Um, while we're recording this, I actually have to bring this out before we do anything else. Um, 25 years, guys, yeah, to the day. We're sitting on the 25 years to the day that we're talking about this. Anniversary. And um, you know what's even more unbelievable? We absolutely didn't plan it. I wish yes. I could have told you that we actually were planning it, as obviously this was in our production thing, as like this is a movie we're going to cover. It was literally up until, uh, what was it, yesterday or today? Today. That we're like, oh, yeah. oh, today. Literally, we're like, oh, BT dubs 25 years ago. Uh, this is actually the 20th anniversary that we're talking about, we're like which is planning on doing it tonight. And then, oh, look at that today. Oh, and I, I went to rewatch it for this. I rewatched it today. So, oh, I, totally. That was also fun. It's nice. It's nice to relive kind of especially, you know, just such a classic like this. So if you've never seen the movie, we have Sidney Prescott uh, basically being a cat and mouse hunted by a gentleman named Ghostface in a truly gory and uh it's a very it's, it's an amazing slasher because it's a it's a whodunit i think that's a oh, really good key component to this film too everyone is that is um everyone is a suspect and i think what makes this great is the, obviously the writing 
is phenomenal, but it's the self-awareness of itself is that there's Mm -hmm. so many nods to such classic horror movies that you get this really cool atmosphere that it's real because they're referencing so many movies as a horror fan you would have watched that you're just like, okay, now it's set in the real world, not Camp Crystal Lake or, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, or Haddonfield or any of these like where they're like, there are no horror movies and then nothing bad happens and then all this crazy stuff happens. You're in... California and you're dealing with high school students that actually know the same movies that you do. Mm-hmm. So one of the characters works in a videos like a, like a block. Good old Randy. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy. I mean, I would call this film is just like, it's almost a love letter to those classic horror films and, and written in that way. And a lot of people, I don't think understood Absolutely. that at the time when it came out and thought of it as just another dumb slasher type thing and not really understanding the, reasoning behind a lot of what's going on in the movie is you know very oh, yeah. specific to how you know slasher films horror were. fans i would assume knew right this was like my introduction to this stuff so i had no clue until year like you know because i saw well i saw some of it when i was 10 and didn't come <laughs> back to it till i was you know 12 mm. or so when i was mature enough to handle <laughs> it but <laughs> oh no i i certainly it was as i learned more about horror i was already knew scream so well that i was like oh that's what this was referencing for Mm -hmm. different things there was references i learned from watching horror later right (laughs) like i I got what they were doing it's such a beautiful way of uh, introducing people to the horror genre, more specifically the slasher genre, and then giving them a full education on horror movies at the same time. I mean, the closest thing I could think of that, but not as um, uh, poignant, uh, I, honestly, if bringing it back to, I think, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods was a really good example. Mm-hmm. Of, I thought uh, about bringing- that today watching Scream. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's right. just the idea of bringing those tropes. I mean, obviously for that one, it's a lot more fictitious and kind of a more of a, a very broader scope of what horror is. But for Scream, it's this uh, I don't know. It's this beautiful love note. I think Brian put it beautifully to uh, horror movies, and I think more importantly, uh, fans of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like this was mm-hmm. exactly. this is a love note to the fans of horror movies, and I think Wes Craven knew that going in, and I think with the writing. No Oh, I mean, like, this is this is something that, like... Um, There's a reference to Wes Craven in the movie. <laughs> oh, multi- oh, multiple, multiple, mm-hmm. multiple I mean, references. his name is said aloud. Tatum's like, you've been watching too many Wes Craven flicks. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, the actual quote is Wes Carpenter. She oh, mixes both together. My yes. Bad. Exactly. Well, no, what's great, too, is that there's tons of John Carpenter references in this movie, too. I'll go kind of deep into that. But, gentlemen... Let's get into Scream. Mm -hmm. So, opening shot. We have a phone ring. And we get Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore, uh, for people that weren't necessarily hip and in, as in old enough to actually know when this movie came out and saw all of the trailers and posters and stuff like that, uh, Drew Barrymore was the face of this movie movie as 100%. the advertisement yeah it's on the box art everything like that yep. so this is our ma- this is our main girl this is our like oh my gosh the movie opens in and we get casey answering the phone uh while putting on some good old jiffy pop on the stove <laughs> that i even in 1996 i've never popped popcorn like that i think you've never done jiffy pop old. oh 
No, I've done, done, I've done okay. No, I've done Jiffy Pop like at five, but like as when this movie came out, I was like, oh, that's still a thing. That's hilarious. Uh, I think I did it probably when we were living together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> like around that time, I got into a little Jiffy Pop era. <laughs> I was really getting into the Jiffy Pop around that time. You don't remember when I had that Jiffy Pop problem? Like I was just like strung out in my room, open bags of Jiffy Pop Covered everywhere, Jiffy and Pop. like <laughs> strung out in the insides. Like, like Flo- yeah. put them through floss and hang uh-huh. them around. Yeah, yeah. Wearing a Drew Barrymore wig the entire time. Uh-huh. Don't throw um, it away. <laughs> Don't throw it away. Uh, <laughs> no, you listen to me. You throw away my Jiffy Pop again. <laughs> I'm gonna catch like a fish. fish. Understand? Um. So as as you can quite clearly tell, uh, she gets a phone call and it's from a random stranger. Ooh. And uh, this is at a time when you actually had landlines and you had people that actually called and you did not have caller ID. So you actually had to talk mm-hmm. to people. And you actually answered um, the phone. Yeah. yeah and actually <laughs> answered the phone. And it starts off kind of uh, innocent. You know what I mean? I think it's uh, kind of just the like, who am I talking to? Who am I speaking with? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it finally kind well, of. Uh, the- I mean, there's 900 numbers for that, but. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that was that was a, that was a quote from the movie. He did the really thing good. from the movie. You <laughs> uh, did the thing from the movie. Um, probably. And a lot then of that. you get your first kind of like the nice twinge, which is. I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? I want to know who I'm talking to. And then uh, you're just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> and then, obviously, the joke is no longer a joke because he says, I'll, you know, if you hang up again, I'll cut you like a fish. And Understand. that's when uh, it's just, <laughs> yeah. well, it, creates, it creates this incredibly unsettling tone mm-hmm. where because you're like, okay, Drew, like, okay, this is this. All right, well, let's figure out what the fuck's going on here. I like the fact that the killer in this film um, is so like aware of his surroundings as in like open threats. Like I'm going to call the cops on you and blah, 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 blah. And he literally is like, you can, you're in the middle of nowhere. They're not going to get to you on time. Feel free to call the cops if you want to. And completely like uh, he disarms works, her. He works quick. I mean, I was thinking about that. She should have still just called the cops. Oh, absolutely. if someone's like, it's don't call like- the cops. No, no, don't do it. I'd be like, that's what someone who doesn't want me to call the cops would say. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, but the killer is also fully aware of horror tropes at this point, and it's kind of really, I mean, they're really playing on the fact of, like, you the education of being in a horror movie and versus uh, the actuality of being in real life using these horror tropes, which I thought mm-hmm. was really kind of interesting. So uh, she is going back and forth with Anonymous Caller, and uh, he wants to play a game. And she turns on the back patio, and we have Steve, the boyfriend beaten bound and gagged uh on the back patio now this is a game not only for his life but probably for hers probably and probably. he's big and I plays say. football yeah he uh, is and this guy plays football him. this guy's fucking huge so uh obviously it's a horror trivia thing uh gets the first one right obviously because she brings up the fact that halloween was like one of her favorite movies of all time you know what i mean mm-hmm. um fails at the infamous friday the 13th question because obviously it was Mrs. Voorhees in the first one and Jason in the second one, uh, which obviously the killer knew that she was going to get wrong anyways. And dude, St- Steve gets fucking gutted. I'm talking about like, like a fish, like a fish. We're only eight minutes into this. film. Yes. I actually clocked it. I think we're like at seven, just about at eight minutes. Um, 
brutal execution. Yeah, it's, as in, it's like point the, of contention here. Mm-hmm. It could be more brutal. The it's cut in this for. Did you guys watch it on Prime or on DVD or something? Totally. Now there is an NC seventeen cut. I think I was watching it on Paramount Plus. Okay. Okay, so you may have seen the extended scene. Now there is an NC. Actually, got to get to the factories of this movie. Uh, when it was Definitely. initially made, it it was an NC seventeen, and they had to cut it a bunch to get it through. <laughs> so <laughs> there's wild. I think that does. My VHS copy might be unrated then or something because the version I've had on DVD and the version I watched on Prime wasn't what I watched on VHS. And I actually still have it pretty much right here. So hold on. So while while Sam's away, uh, basically what Sam's talking about is that in the beginning scene when Steve gets fucking gutted, there's a scene where you kind of see him disemboweled and there's intestines strewn everywhere. Now, in the uncut version, there is an entire like ensemble of intestines that literally plop fizzes out. You see it fall out onto the ground. Yeah. Jeez, I'm trying to recall if I saw that in the version I just watched. I was looking out for it because... I totally forgot. Sort yeah. of missed it for so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, this is also it. the fu- uh, again. This is also the fun of this movie because of how popular it is. Uh, it sounds weird, but there are TV cuts of this movie. There are like prime cuts of this movie. I mean, like there's different streaming apps, like you said, that have different cuts of this. And at a certain point, they all kind of uh, they're all you know they're self editing mm-hmm. themselves. So like there's a few that are like super edited, some that are completely unedited. It says it's R the VHS. Okay, he's got an R-rated copy of the VHS. VHS, he's holding. That'll be on the Patreon in less than five hours. I'm just kidding. No, but Uh, I'm sure I'll post a picture of it. I have had it since I was a kid. Um, So, obviously, uh, she a little fucking shook. So, now the game goes from uh, horror to where the hell am I? Uh, He points out all of the entrances and exits to her home and literally says, I'm somewhere, you gotta find me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, it's not like, that hard. There's only two, front and back. Where is it? Yeah, it's you're like, oh god damn it. Um, so now, unfortunately, I mean, obviously, I think Brian, you probably have this problem too. Uh, your jiffy pops on fire, uh, and <laughs> now the entire kitchen is filled with smoke, which is kind of a nice diversion because you're able to get a knife and she kind of slips through the side patio area mm-hmm. uh, where, like, adjoining dining room. Um, so she's outside the building. As you can see, your first introduction to the shape of yeah. Ghostface kind of like mm-hmm. running through. And then she looks up to the window and boom, we get our first shot of Ghostface. And Ghostface is, he's literally a ghost. He's literally a ghost. Yeah, I don't know if he's literally a ghost. <laughs> well, I mean, it's <laughs> quite literally not a ghost. As in the face is a ghost. Um, <laughs> Figuratively a ghost? (laughs) Figuratively a ghost? Figuratively, literally, figuratively a ghost. Um, So, little factoid about this actual mask itself. So, this Mm. mask was actually found. Uh, This mask is a... I want to make sure I get the production company correct. Um, Fun World. Uh, And this was a mass-produced mask. I mean, this was something they actually had found in a basement of a house while doing pre-production. They had done sculptures of different masks. They had done different things. Nothing hit. And then they found this. And they even actually didn't, weren't necessarily sold on it. Right. Um, And they tried sculpting a few different versions and then realized that, like, nothing's going to beat this. So they actually contacted Fun World to actually use it for the film. That's Um, cool. 
Super cool, right? I mean, that's very cool kind of like nod almost to, uh, and they didn't even really manipulate this because I mean, like in Halloween, you had the Shatner mask that was done with Krylon white spray right. paint mm-hmm. and a bunch of tech stuff to it. So um, it's kind of cool that this was just a found mask, which also kind of makes it interesting uh, as the later sequels and on stuff. Because I mean, obviously as kids, like dude, like Ghostface merchandise was everywhere just because oh, yeah. fun world masks, like they, they were around all over the place. These were like nickel and dime store masks. So mm-hmm. what an ingenious thing to have, you know, right. have happen. Right. So, them as a five and dime all over the state dude all the time exactly exactly um so obviously sees ghost face fucking bashes through the wind she uh the window uh she uh kind of uh gets disarmed but in the process bashes him in the face i also like to punches f- him with the phone <laughs> dude ghost face just in general can we just talk about like just for a second the amount this motherfucker gets hit and flips yes. Like, I've never seen a slasher ever in history take as many face shots, uh, but also do, like, the Home Alone 2 flip up in the air and then drop down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, as soon as you put on the mask, you turn into this bumbling idiot. Oh, absolutely. Like, uncorded. It's like a drunk kitten. It's It's, just, like, it's incredibly dangerous. (laughs) It's it's fantastic. It's it's. It gives Ghostface, even though, as you you know, know throughout the series, Ghostface is a different person, but it still gives this kind of like character to Ghostface, the, the figure mm-hmm. that yes, kind of you can spread It's got to be hard to do that stuff in that mask. And well, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I own a couple pairs of that mask. I, I constantly go out Ghostfacing and it's so mm-hmm. hard to see anything in that. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, you tripped all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, ridiculous. Um, so... Uh, She's bolting, uh, she bolts kind of past her boyfriend who's still tied to the chair um, in this kind oh, of sorry. cut scene. Sorry, before you continue, when on the thing of uh, getting hit in the face all the time, this is the first viewing where I've thought, he keeps getting hit on the face all the time. Like, does this mask protect you from having any damage? Because, <laughs> well, I guess we're not saving who the killers are for then. Well, right? our killers don't have any visual markings of face problems exactly exactly yeah which is just so fucking hilarious um so as this kind of havoc ensues there's also a pan away shot so the parents uh uh, casey's parents are now coming back home um so in kind of this weird serendipity so so yeah this is such an insane fucking scene like uh, you've got the parents that are coming up and then she's already been stabbed he's now strangling her she breaks away but because of the pressure on her neck she can't scream to her parents mm-hmm. so she's oh. literally she's literally like 15 feet away and is like <laughs> and then just oh dude like it is so goddamn brutal like she flips around and she's kind of like pleading for her life uh she sees the knife and then sh- this is what's great takes the fucking mask off so she can see who the hell is about to fucking kill her and then as the parents realize what the fuck is going on, they you haven't discovered see a Steve look yet. in her eyes. Like maybe there's she some knows sort of recognition who it is. when she pulls it off. Yeah. Which is super beautiful. I, I There's a lot of parallels to this film with Italian slasher films in the fact of like, it is a really, the whodunit is almost as important as the kill count and the blood big count time. and stuff like that, which right. is a huge big, throwback. Big but a push ahead 
from all of the other slashers that we're having at the time. Because at this point, a lot of these were like already um, uh, well-ignited intellectual properties. So like you just have like your Jasons, like the hunkering masses and all this kind of – like you're not mm-hmm. guessing who the hell this person is. You just right. – it's a big yeah. dude or a yeah. guy who talks that just murders people. You know what I mean? Like this is an actual like – this is a crime thriller, but also a slasher, which I think is great and such a cool way of introducing older concepts from the 70s back into the 90s. Um, so as the parents are kind of looking through, obviously there's smoke going through the air. Um, the fa- the dad kind of goes like, all right, you need to call 911 and go to the McKenzie's. That's actually a nod to Halloween uh, because the McKenzie's were the neighbors in Halloween as uh, well. Okay. So that was yes, kind of a yes, little yes, like yes. John Carpenter. I learned yeah, that later. Yeah, that was a little little layer of the cake. So as the mom tries to grab the phone, Uh, oh, dude, she's hearing her fucking daughter and she's half dead and she can hear her being dragged out into the, well, what she doesn't Uh, realize is the front yard um, and get stabbed. And again, it's such a good scene. And then the weird, like... (laughs) Like that fucking like weird like and then like the hang up of the phone I thought was a little unnecessary, but whatever. Um and then she walks out and then there's the screaming. I mean, what a great way to start a movie called Scream with the yeah. with the mom's just just such a pain scream uh as she this looks woman over was it just... was hired based on that scream. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Bar none. And we get this huge pan shot to, um, uh, in a quick zoom to. Very quick. Very quick. Uh, also in the unedited, not so quick, actually. Correct. But um, it's, uh, but it's Drew still, Barrymore. It's still on, quick, but not, yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore strung up from the uh, uh, swing uh, that was shown in the first part of the movie, completely disemboweled and hung from the tree. And then, boom. Guys. Holy fucking shit. Drew Barrymore is dead within 13 minutes of the movie, and she's the main person they focused on. This fucked up everybody in the theaters. It's like a psycho. Right. Exactly. This is exactly the same move. This is exactly like, like uh, uh, um, you know, uh, Psycho, The Blob. Uh, the remake where mm-hmm. the football champ gets just murked in the first scene. Um, yeah. So this creates such a good, again, like if you're a horror fan, um, you kind of know where these nods are coming from, but they're so like, it's so well done that you're like, wow, this is really good. I have no idea who's going to get killed next. So the entire right. rest of this film gets you really on edge because everybody that you're banking on to be like, okay, true everybody's going to totally knock this out of the park. And then she's just murked. You're like, Oh shit. Oh shit! So what I didn't I, realize until this time watching it how quickly Ghostface guts her and hangs her from that swing. Or I was thinking it about that because it's like the phone hangs yeah. up and they walk out and there she is. It was like, whoa! I think I was so caught up in it before that it just never even occurred to me. It's um, pretty quick. Also, the first time I saw this or kind of saw this was the weekend it came out on VHS, I think. You could rent it. Blockbuster had like three walls of the tape with like Mm -hmm. each character's face and the light and shadows on it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I was 10 because I'm I'm pretty certain I was 10. And as soon as Drew Barrymore got... I was watching it by myself. (laughs) And as soon as Drew Barrymore got stabbed, I like the first stab i turned it yeah. off and did not watch it anymore that night 
Oh, um, wow. Put it in the freezer. And to be honest with you, I'm not even sure I watched the rest of it that weekend. It might not have been like that was maybe fifth grade. It might not have been till seventh grade where I actually came back to it. And that was when I really fell in love with it. And it still scared mm-hmm. the shit out of me. But I loved being scared like right. that. Totally. I just, you know, especially when you're watching it, um, when we watched it at our ages, I think that what's cool about this film is that this isn't set in a camp or this isn't set in a town. Like, this is a very believable teenager in a very believable scenario where it's like someone's take. And again, I mean, obviously, it's like one of the catchphrases of the film, like someone's taking their love of horror movies a bit too far. And like, I think that's the idea behind this that really resonated as watching it where it's just like wow this is like it's a lot of plausible stuff because it's like this weird um (laughs) a horror movie isn't supposed to have this like uh deadpool awareness that uh that this film has without obviously deadpool wasn't a thing at the time but it's like this like it's so self-aware that and funny in a lot of aspects that mm-hmm. it makes you feel more based in reality than most other slashers out there, which I think is just sure. There's a fantastic. lot of really funny stuff in it that there like is. you. The more you watch it, the more you notice. The first time this is a random scene in there, but it's when Randy is talking to um, Stu in the video store, and mm-hmm. Randy at one point says, "There's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend," and behind yes. him, there's a woman the lady who's him? like looking at something and like looks up and just like <laughs> yeah. looks at him and it's just like looks back and forth and like walks away. From walks it. away. Yeah. I never what noticed the fuck that until the viewing. Yeah. Obviously, there's the whole thing where he get, gets really riled up and the whole yeah. video store stops and looked at him, but I never yeah. noticed that lady behind him till this time. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> we must be thinking the same because we have the same T-shirt on right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, between the bear to me colors tour t-shirt <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. yeah no but i mean i but it is i think it's the subtle um um it's the details i think it's the details in this movie that make you keep on watching uh a really fun detail uh wes craven actually insisted that everyone in the cast wear similar black boots throughout the entire movie Mm -hmm. because one of the only iconic things you can see shy of the costume is Mm -hmm. his shoes. So he wanted to really like dispel the idea of being to call them out by their shoes within the first five minutes if everybody had the same goddamn brand of shoe on. So that's a really fun one. Like the extras, the cops, everybody's wearing the same brands. It makes everybody a suspect though. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like when the the sheriff puts out his cigarette Mm -hmm. with his foot you're like yep. oh, oh, <laughs> oh maybe it's him <laughs> <laughs> totally so all right so now we've kind of like uh we've got this massive kill everyone's completely like you're completely disarmed at this point um we now kind of go back to um nev campbell as sydney prescott and uh her boyfriend billy who is played by uh skeet ulrich who i will have to say um skeet if you're listening um i think it's a goddamn shame what happened to jericho and there oh, should yeah. have been a third season um i knew mean, I, I mean, there's a comic version here are some jericho boys version. yeah oh my god jericho was such a good show Ross turned me on to that when we all lived together yeah i don't know that <laughs> oh, was somehow something you two watched and i didn't when but we were all living together 
But we're only we wanted to have our own thing. You weren't invited. <laughs> I figured that's what it was, and after a while, I just kind of let it be. That's when I went and oh, started having, my oh. Jiffy Pop addiction. <laughs> oh, that's true. Shit. Um, <laughs> so we got uh, uh, Billy and uh, Sydney are kind of um, man. Th- this is this really weird back and forth, and this is obviously kind of a, an ongoing theme in a lot of like teen stuff. But it's just man. Teenagers are horny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, teenagers uh, be horny. Teenagers mm-hmm. be horny, man. Uh, and what's really weird is uh, Billy just can't figure out um, uh, why my girlfriend doesn't want to have sex with me. I mean, her mother was brutally murdered a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, it was real hot and heavy in the beginning. It was real hot and heavy beforehand. And like, what the hell mm-hmm. happened? Um, Ever since they've just been a little edited for TV. <laughs> yeah oh totally yeah yeah exactly and uh and i like the fact that in a lot of these interactions with billy um this was the before it was really weird and cliche to talk about movies as real life that he was like one of the forerunners of that kind of just mm-hmm. kind of talking about like uh their relationship being like uh, you know well, the first time i life. heard that stuff but also I was 12, so totally. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, exposed right. to a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> I also like the fact that, like, you're, you kind of, I don't know, man. Billy's one of these weird characters that, like, you're always off-put by him. And, like, even when I watched it for the first time, he just has this, like, yeah yeah well it's just he's got this thing going on and you don't Mm -hmm. know what the hell the thing is is that billy or is that skeet what do you mean is that billy or is oh like the the actor that way i think that's billy because i've seen skeet plenty without okay that's what i mean i mean you are some jericho boy so you know how skeet is he the same kind of weird hero man no, 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 no. He doesn't have that. It's not like a. Um, he's just uh, Chris, that good of an. He's actor. not like a Christopher Walken or a Jeff Goldblum, where like they kind of just walk in and they like they're themselves, but with like a hint of whatever their character's supposed to be. Um, although, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just his character is just very. Um, and I think I, I, it's done on purpose, obviously, because like as you're going progressively throughout this movie, um, you're led to believe that like the killer's Billy, but then not Billy. But then maybe Billy, but then by his actions again. alone, and then not again, and then like so, you kind of have this quick question: Are we going to reveal the? Who, are we waiting to reveal when the movie reveals? And if so, I do want to try and talk about at some point who killed who. <laughs> we know okay. there's killers. We let's, said that already. Let, I mean, Ross, it's going to be your call, and I think we should make it right now. Do we want to reveal the killer? Do we want to reveal the killer? You know, we can. I think we can reveal it. And I think this is a really important thing, too, is that, well, the killer is killers. The house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the killers are the dynamic duo of Billy and Stu. Yes. (laughs) Stu, uh, we haven't brought up yet, but Stu is um, Matthew Lillard. uh, And he is uh, the brilliant Matthew Lillard. Oh my god, so good, so fucking good. Honestly, honestly, the the end of this movie with him just going full Matthew Lillard is so <laughs> oh, fucking love good. It. So yes, fucking love good. it. Yes, um, he's the boyfriend of Tatum, who is Sid's best friend in this movie. Um, and what's amazing about the reveal at the end, as you can clearly tell, this is not going to be a super deep dive in every scene. Um, 
I like the fact that there are two killers. I also do really like the fact that... Um, that was such a twist on its own. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's because you're not expecting that you're like the, the archetype of a lot of slasher films is one individual and that one individual mm-hmm. with said motive. So when you have the second phone call that happens or not second, I'm sorry, the the uh, after Sid gets attacked and then Billy comes to the house, uh, had, drops the cell phone and you're like the big like, oh, like my God, oh, my God, a cell oh, phone. Oh, shit. Because guess what, everybody? Fucking nobody had cell phones back then. And if you did, they right. were giant fucking bricks. So Although like Billy the idea. Says, of, well, everybody has them, Sheriff. <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't kill anybody. That's such a. Could you imagine? I mean, I guess that's got to be kind of a weird scenario now when you're watching it contemporarily. Because like back like the. But like having that like in '96, like you didn't have those kind of cell phones. So like what I'm the idea to with the reboot to see how they incorporate technology because a lot of it did that was with kind of where four, we were though, with technology right? at the time. Four dabbled with that. that. I, I, I hardly remember that, and maybe that'll be something we can get into later. Oh, Bring totally. that back to our, the forefronts of our mind. But I I do like the idea of the pump fake that they do with um, while Billy's in jail. Mm-hmm. Is that Stu has an opportunity to call Sid. So mm-hmm. then it kind of, which is kind of a great plot device because it throws everyone off kilter because, I mean, it's like Billy was almost too on point to be the right. killer. Right. And then when that happened, the it's, you need to... it's too on the nose. Mm-hmm. So when you throw this X factor in, now, again, it's like you thought you knew what was going on, and then now there's more confusion, which kind of makes um, a lot of this, like, cat and mouse between them that much more palatable, because, like, you have this, because as a horror fan, half the gag is trying to figure out who the fuck did it before the end of the movie. So if you have this pinned, you're like, okay, got him dead to rights. Mm -hmm. And then this happens, you're like, Billy boyfriend, looks like you fingered the wrong guy. Again. Again. So yeah, I think this I, opens us to talk about who, like, I think what Sam wanted to get into, which one killed who, right? Casey, or made Casey the phone Becker. calls and, like, who did all that stuff. Yeah, so, so for okay. the first kill, which we covered so, with Drew Barrymore, that was Stu, right? Or, I mean, Billy. That was Billy. Well, that I, was Billy because Stu was with Tatum that entire night was the, was the plot Billy's, device. Billy, when they're all joking around at the fountain, um... And Jamie Kennedy, Randy's like, so tell me, did you put a liver in the box? Because I heard you put that scene, hey, liver alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Stu says something about, like, I didn't kill her. And Billy said, well, nobody said you did. And gives him, like, a look. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, I feel that, okay, so there's seven murders in this film. So it's, I think it's, yeah, it's two women and five men. So... We had obviously Steve and Casey mm-hmm. in the first uh, in the first kill scene, which I will have to agree with um, Sam. I'm pretty sure Billy did both of those, and I have this. W- oh, sorry, good. No, I was just gonna say I have, according to a Scream Wikipedia, of like they have a list of what they think of oh, who, who killed did, who and who killed who what. Killed so who? yeah, yeah. If you want like what they confirm it to be, I'll let you know. Oh, but, yeah, dude, yeah, let's yeah. do that. that. That's gonna be fun as hell. So I would figure, okay, so if, logically thinking about it, if Stu's with Tatum the entire night-ish, so we would have Billy doing the first two murders. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like they had some kind of murder pact that I think they're trying to kill each other's girlfriends. So I think that Stu didn't kill Tatum I think Billy did before getting to the party. Okay. I could be wrong on that, though. 
Um, well, the, the, that thing's just well. A so we're not going chronologically. Not, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, according to this one, curious. it's not like yeah, set in stone. I just wanted to talk about the uh, the two murders we talked about so far and who we thought did that. Who do you think killed Winky? M- Winkler. <laughs> Henry Winkler. The we didn't even get to him yet, but yeah, I think yeah, we'll get there. We'll get. Or, I mean, I guess we can discuss it now. I don't know. I feel like if we talk through the movie to get there, I might have a better guess. Yeah, oh, no. Totally. According to this one, it it says that Casey's phone calls they think came from Billy Loomis because this was confirmed by someone, Kevin Williamson. What did he do on it? I don't know. I think he's the voice of not the voice. Things. I believe is hey, so that's oh, no, Roger Kevin Jackson. Kevin. Yeah. Ro- oh wait, never mind. Kevin Williamson is the writer. Um, yeah, no, Kevin uh, was the writer. Okay. Roger Jackson was the voice yes. who also mm-hmm. did Mojo Jojo. On there you go. And then they go to say that Steve got murdered by Stu because that was confirmed by writer again. And Casey's uh-huh. window attack was Billy and Casey's murder was Stu. So I guess they were both there doing they, oh, it is so what the thing is. Even it. though, like we said, Stu claims to have been with... Um, Right, and Tatum, the way Billy the does, says so, that nobody said you did, it's to me for the on the rewatch something for the audience to pick up and be like, oh. I mean, it says this was confirmed by Kevin Williamson that Stu was the one who killed Casey. So maybe if Billy and Stu were out there, that's how she got hoisted up so quickly. Because there's both of them are yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> it also uses a plot device that Stu dated Casey before Casey right. dumped him for Steve. So there would have okay. been a motive for Steve to kill both I thought you them. dumped her for me. <gasps> oh. Dun, dun, dun. So... Sorry, Billy. Billy comes and surprises Sydney in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna. I honestly, as I as the much as I want to go see for scene, I think we're gonna jump around to a bunch of different stuff because sure. it would be fifteen. The song hours playing we... during that time is uh, "Don't cover Fear the Reaper." Of Don't fear the Reaper, mm-hmm. like a slow down romantic. Version, oh yeah, okay. Which so... is a nod to some other horror movie, right? There's like some version of "Don't Fear the Reaper" playing in another horror movie. I was actually going to bring this up. So the soundtrack for Scream also sparked a thousand other horror movies and their theme songs and stuff like that. So, I mean, like we have like Red Right Hand. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Whisper to a Scream. We've got um, uh, the cover of Don't Feel the Reaper. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a bunch of different things on here so like uh, there was a huge trek after this point from the like 96 on that a bunch of these slasher teen slasher movies uh would have just like insane soundtracks like it's a horror movie soundtracks at least contemporarily went crazy after this because you have like all these like now like in the soundtrack this band doing this totally Um, i loved the i remember getting on napster the the song when it cuts to Stu's party that's like say a prayer for the youth of america i I thought that was so cool Get wasted. This cool. is awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is what cool music um, is. <laughs> so we kind of jump into um, 
Woodsboro High School. Now, what's kind of interesting about this, and obviously if you kind of like have done any research on this movie, this will be kind of one that glaringly, because it's also in the end credits, um, they had a high school set up to film in Mm -hmm. uh, and then two weeks before production dropped them and said they couldn't film on location because of like the idea of violence at their school. Mm. Um, So uh, this is a community center. I think it's like, uh, like, so they had to like completely make up the mock-up of it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why like a lot of the rows and stuff, like some of the internal shots, they don't particularly look like a school because it wasn't an actual school. I never picked it up. I've never really noticed that, I don't think. Yeah. Super, yeah, it was kind of interesting, but there's a huge, at the end, but at the end credits, uh, there's a part where it says in a special, like, not thank you to the commission board. (laughs) Yeah, it's just amazing. It's like them completely shitting on the local government there, which I thought was great. Um, so as the cops, Gail Weathers and Dewey here, right? Yes. So, uh, Courtney Cox is, uh, Gail Weathers in a fucking, I drank way too much fucking monster energy drinks, PP yellow suit. That thing is beyond highlighter. That is the fucking craziest goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, is I didn't, I never realized how short the skirt was. Am I right? Am I right, gentlemen? Uh, yeah, and you're also you're introduced to uh, uh, Henry Winkler. Um, is uh, we've got principal the Henry. Yeah, yes, as the principal, and we also have David Arquette as Deputy Dewey. Uh, Deputy Dewey is. Uh, He's a little wettier. He's a little. He's a twenty-five. He's uh. He's kind of mm-hmm. doing things. I mean, although he was twenty-four for a whole for year. A whole for year. a whole year. Mm-hmm. For an entire year. Uh, the fucking one-liner. Okay, if if you if there's any takeaway, ladies and gentlemen, that you get from this review, is that this fucking movie is chock full of some of the best writing. Like some of the just the fucking ri- most ridiculous and amazing one-liners, just in general. Um. Very quotable, highly quotable, highly quotable. So yeah, obviously we've kind of alluded to it. So we have the entire, so we get the entire friend group now uh, that's hanging out by the fountain. So we've got uh, Billy, Sydney, Randy, Tatum, and Stu. Um, and this is the liver. I mean, the classic quotes you get, like liver alone. Did they find your liver in the mailbox? I don't know if they found our liver in the mailbox. Hey, hey, hey <laughs> liver alone. Why? It's called what? Liver, 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 liver alone. Why? It's called tact, you fuck rag, dude. Mm. Just all the one-liners out of this fucking thing are fantastic. So, um, so here's how young I was when I fucking saw this movie. I didn't know what tact was. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what? Is he supposed to have some? I don't. Right. It's just that, so like, good. A dessert. <laughs> um. So obviously now the following scene, uh, we've got you know Sid heads back home. Uh, she's kind of fucked over the day. Tate's supposed to be coming over. Also, as a I have wrote this in all caps. Can we talk about the fucking size of these houses in this? Movie? Oh my god, all of them. Yeah, I, I mean, as an as a kid, like whatever, didn't even not even the thing that mm-hmm. I registered. As an adult, these are all like ten bedroom homes in California. Yep, thought it every time we saw him, and especially when we got the establishing shot of Sydney's place, and then she's walking on that back patio. It's just the two of them. There's all this furniture. I'm like, that yeah, back patio totally is twice the size of the house I live in right now. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Um, <laughs> so obviously Sid is fucked up, and they kind of actually go into this now. There's this huge subplot throughout the entire film of Sydney Prescott's mother, and almost a year ago to the date um her 
murder. So she was, uh, she was assaulted, sexually assaulted, raped, and murdered a year before, and, uh, Sydney still fucked up over it, uh, Man, uh, who would have thunk something like that would fuck no. you up for that long, right? I mean, apparently Billy, <laughs> whole fucking, year? like, apparently the sociopath Billy has. He's like, I don't understand why you're fucking still hung up over this. Like, what the fuck? Um, so, in all good movies, uh, she has an entire just good blackout and just wakes up after nightfall. So we actually get the first cat and mouse uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Ghostface. So, uh, first, obviously, we got Tatum that calls and says she's on her way over because she's just fucking, I don't know what she's doing. She's going to the video store doing some shit. Um, mm-hmm. So, Ghostface calls, and she immediately thinks it's Randy because, what's your favorite scary movie? And blah, 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 blah. I like the idea of the disconnect of um, just thinking someone's fucking with you. Uh, specifically, I like the fact that even during some of these threats, we're like, I'm not Randy. It's not who I am. It's where I am. And saying I'm on the front porch. I did like the fact that she walked out, just picked her fucking nose. Call your bluff, yeah. What am I yeah, doing? Call, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like this, and you're like, as a viewer, you're like, oh, dude, fucking amazing. You're also like, oh my god, please don't fucking get killed. But also kind of like, what a funny, ballsy way of just being like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. Like, you what love the it. fuck? You love it. Um, until he says, uh, I'll, uh, like, I'll, you'll die just like your mother. And then it's like, well, fuck you, motherfucker. And then, um, fucking amazing. Pop goes the weasel. He's been in the closet the whole time. Well, uh, I was going to ask this. He gets in the closet from her coming out onto the porch, right? Because she leaves the door open so. and the yeah. camera follows her that's, over that's to the other over side to of the, the porch yeah. and then comes back. So I was like, oh, he just got in. Yeah, no, you he was a chill man the whole time. Yeah, no, 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 no. He was like, he does chill places like bathrooms. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was well, it's that. weird because, like, I, you never really like, uh, I do like the fact, when was it? It was when Tatum and Sid are talking, and like, there's this weird scene where he's just like fucking darting through the woods. Oh, yeah. And oh, some light yeah he's off it. There's another one yeah. in the, the, Mild the grocery store phase. The convenience store right afterwards. Yeah. Oh, the weird. convenience store one's the, the, the best one. So funny. Just <laughs> think, like, how would you get in or do you go in and then change in the bathroom and pop out? It's just like the and whole thing. Like, and while you're doing so your stalking, you need to be dressed store. up like this. Nobody knows yeah. who you are. You could just, like, <laughs> you could just stalk as a normal. <laughs> just be a normie. So funny, that one. Um. So uh, I also do like the fact uh, in the phone call, she literally makes fun of horror movies being like it's some, you know, some bimbo who runs up the stairs instead of going out the front door. Mm-hmm. And in a serendipitous moment, um, she's trying to get out the fucking front door, but the fucking top latch, the the uh, slide thing is fucking locked. So she can't. Mm-hmm. So she actually has to run up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, she does the door trick, which if you've watched the movie, you've seen the door trick because it's from the first scene with Billy that her, her closet door and her bedroom door can lock in a way that you can't physically open the door. So she's able to like kind of barricade herself in. Mm-hmm. And then as he's he kind of doing his shit. open the door a little bit, but he can't get in. He can just exactly. stick his arm around and around wave wildly, hoping she'll come fucking... close to get stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in a way That's that, that ghost um, face charm. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that good old ghost face. Like, mm. uh, I also do like the fact in the scene she uses nine one one on the computer like Matthew Lillard in Hackers, because um, I didn't know how to do that in nineteen ninety six. I don't think anybody no. knew how to do that in nineteen ninety six. Can you do that, that now? Funny, like, can you? <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Maybe? I don't know how, do but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm um, sure you can. But we still don't know how. <laughs> right. We don't know how. Uh, and then twenty five uh, years know, later to the day. <laughs> 
uh, Billy pulls a uh, Johnny Depp in uh, Original Nightmare on Elm Street and pops through the window again. Uh, she's mm-hmm. uh, fucking, oh my God, so thankful you're here. And as we talked about before, the uh, cell phone pops out and it's, uh, that's Falls fucking weird. Ground. Yeah. And then we it's get like, that Oh my great, God, what are you doing with a cell phone? Yeah. <laughs> oh my Which God, of the, the time would have been that way. What are you, a drug dealer? Right. Totally. And then she just fucking bolts out the front door, which I also like the pump fake with the fucking Dewey holding the mask yeah. Yeah, the, the to the front door. <sighs> and then the gun. Um, so, yeah, no shit. They fucking arrest Billy because he's suspicious as fuck. He's got a fucking mm-hmm. cell phone and a bunch of other, you know. Um, got boots and a cell phone, boy. What are you doing with the cell phone? Everybody's yeah. got him, Sheriff everyone's got him dude uh so you know fucking sid's rattled and then i like the introduction of gail in her glory because uh gail's a huge bitch and like she doesn't really like oh my god what she fucking just rips kenny a new asshole i mean he is kind of chowing down on some fucking munchies and shit like that but like just the the first introduction wait which part is go ahead sorry Oh, it's the one where, like, he doesn't grab the camera, so, like, she runs up and be like, you need to get off your fucking fat ass, and when I say now, I mean now. Yeah. Like, it just, like. 50 pounds overweight. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, totally. And you're like, oh, cool. I mean, Gail wasn't a nice character to begin with, but you're like, oh, okay, you're an asshole. Okay, good. It's, like, good to know. Um, they set her up for you to dislike her. Like, I'm. Right. Yeah. She's not meant to be. No, she's not meant to be like, honestly, the entire film. I mean, like, think about like, I mean, obviously we're jumping around, but like the end of the movie, she's doing a press thing and her cameraman's been dead less than four hours. So she's just doing a recording like this was just she's a character, but I liked her. But by by that point, I like her by that. Yeah, she's still doing her (laughs) her thing, her job or whatever you want to call it. But she has opened up and become more human on it is I think what's supposed to be, you know. Yeah, you first see I, I, that maybe, start happening with her relationship. Maybe like ten percent. I would probably say maybe like by ten percent. Well, yeah, it's she not can't a, change who she is in the span of like yeah, an hour, but like, person. but she will by uh, three. She has started by, to. By three, she went through an ordeal and gets, is yeah. You know, as an audience member, I like her then, and in the yeah. beginning, I you hate her. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, absolutely. All right, so Billy's arrested. They're all kind of down at the police station. Uh, Cell phones aren't really normal, so, like, this cell phone's completely suspect. Uh, He's being held while the phone records are being pulled from his cell phone. Um, I do like this little nod because they don't really pinpoint it out. Uh, The costume is called Father Death in the movie um, because he flips it around. He's, like, toying with it, um, Mm -hmm. and they basically say it's sold everywhere, which I also like the fact at later down the road when, like, all the kids are fucking around in the high school at the wearing. high school mm-hmm. yeah i also like the fact because it's very true to normal nature uh the media gets it and literally goes this is what the guy was wearing when he killed everybody see mm-hmm. this it's can be found everywhere i also like the fact that they just like let this thing out of the bag so it's like oh anybody who just wants to get this costume that this guy's randomly killing people by all means just buy a thousand copies of it um so they try doing a slippity do, getting the fuck out of there. Uh, Gail uh, meets uh, up with them. Tatum or sne- and Dewey are sneaking, sneaking out, out of the back, back of the jail to avoid the media. Yeah. Exactly. While Billy's still locked up, uh, Gail asks uh, how she's doing and like what happened, and then uh, Sid brings up the book that she's working on and fucking decks her. Uh, 
what you come to find out is uh, Gail's been writing a book about the murder of her mother and how Cotton Weary is uh, an innocent man. Now, this guy named Cotton Weary, which is also the big subplot, uh, like we were talking about before, is that the mom was murdered a year ago. This guy, Cotton Weary, was pinned by Sydney. Uh, by wearing a like there was a jacket that was involved and uh, kind of this disbelief that her mother was kind of uh, gallivanting around town and that there's like that she's like no that couldn't have happened this is why like my mother was faithful uh she was like this man what happens in that scene is she's asking her about the book and she's like oh it comes out next month and then gail says i'll send you a copy and Uh then she turns around and decks her and it is a good stage punch it it's like she really hooks it oh totally and then i mean this punch you know cut to them in the bedroom send you a copy bam bitch goes down i'll send you a copy bam sid super exactly it was so good she had to say it like she had there was a chant afterwards which (laughs) is fantastic so obviously uh as we all know uh ghostface calls because uh billy's in jail Mm -hmm. but Stu's not so uh yeah yeah, so we all we get the uh the phone call uh which kind of just throws out a huge fucking monkey wrench um and i love dewey at so Dewey, this was always funny to me, but I was always more of a Randy guy. Maybe it's just because I'm older, but Dewey was way funnier to me this time around than he ever oh, yeah. has been before. Um, so at the, at the end of that call, the phone's been hung up and he walks back over to him, picks it up. And he's like, hello. <laughs> and boy, did that give me this time. I like well, he's belly tr- laughed. Well, I like, and I know it's coming. I but. like in that scene, he runs in finger on the mm. trigger. He is like, he's going to shoot that phone. He's going to fucking shoot that landline. <laughs> Go. He's uh, I, I like it how he does that. He has, he know, the guy hung up and he like, he does that stoic. Hello. Mm-hmm. And the, Whoa. his expression, everything really, really oh, his expressions are fantastic. The way he pulls mm-hmm. off eating ice cream, is uh, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Like jumping ahead to a scene, he's talking with the sheriff and he's just has an ice cream cone, <laughs> but still has that kind of like what is, I don't know, a smoldering look yeah. on his face, mm-hmm. uh, quizzical as well. He's amazing. Oh, in this totally. movie. Yes. oh, he's fan. Yeah. Everyone plays their roles very well in this movie. And that's a huge part of, Agreed. I think, its success. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Dude. So Billy gets out of the slammer. Uh, don't worry, Sid. Uh, we're just going to drop you off back at school because we all know that schools are safe here. Um, this is also 1996 and this is two years before Columbine. So, uh, this is, uh, the school is the safest place at this point. Also, there's a huge definitive move from teen slashers post Columbine because a lot of these ones started in high schools and then after Columbine uh, there was a lot of these slasher films that kind of really redirected towards college and older things because of the sensitivity of violence towards uh, teenagers which I thought was kind of interesting as I was reading through this I didn't realize that that is interesting. Um, so Sid kind of starts talking to Gail uh, further detail about her mom's murder uh, says basically uh, the whole insinuation of uh, the wrong person got pinned and Cotton Weary uh, left a jacket when he was having an affair with his mom the someone wearing that jacket covered with blood had put it back into his apartment uh so gail has a hamster on the wheel and kind of realizes that the current murders are actually connected to the murders a year ago uh but instead of going to the cops like she probably should have uh she decides to keep it under her hip with kenny to get more evidence um Mm -hmm. she's got to get that exclusive (laughs) 
It'll help. It'll help <laughs> sell her book. She's like, I could save an innocent man's life. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know how much money I could make from that? Mm-hmm. It's like just to remind you, she's <laughs> not that good. Yeah. So uh, at yeah. this point, the entire student body knows what the fuck is going on. So you've got assholes like jumping in full ghost face fucking costumes, running up and down. Uh, probably not the best time. Yeah, trying not to be in school and stuff like that. Uh, Sid bumps into Billy, and uh, you know, I it's kind of interesting. You know, he's been in jail, and the only thing he's talking about is fucking. Like he's like, well, it's been a year plus. I don't Mm -hmm. understand why. Like, I want to get in them pants, and you're just like, dude, I teenage boys. They got one thing on their mind, which is I I don't know. I guess as as an adult, you're kind of sitting there going like, yeah, but like, what? Wait, what? Wait, seriously? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this guy's got to be the fuck. Well, especially he admits that it's a bad, bad analogy. He's like, your mom's been dead for over a year. Like, my, my mom left me. You don't see me complaining about it. She's like, uh, your mom's not dead. He's like, right. you know what? Yeah. Fair. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't Sorry about that there. shit. Yeah, that maybe that wasn't the best analogy. <laughs> um, also, can we talk about the mean girls scene uh, in the bathroom? Yes. I want to talk um, about this bathroom scene. Because that shit is fucking brutal like even watching as an adult you're just like mm-hmm. wow like the writing is so on very, very mean, mean. like but very on mm-hmm. point where it's like it didn't feel um not real really yeah exactly it didn't feel like overly acted i thought that was mm-hmm. very um kind of one of those like man you fucking you feel really bad for sid it makes you human the writing really humanizes the characters in a lot of different ways and this one's a really good one to really sympathize with the internal struggle that sid's having I wonder what Stu was thinking listening to all that. If that's who was, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that, it was. Just... So there's a so, so, sorry to spoil it, but after they leave, Sid's hiding in the bathroom listening to them say yeah. horrible stuff, and then she comes out of the stall. She starts hearing Sydney, and is looking around, creeped out, and then you see two boots step <laughs> down from a toilet, and then the little cape fall down. Yep, and, and he's not doing an upper deck. He's yeah, but that be. means he had been yeah, hiding in there the whole time as well and also heard all that. And who knows how long he was in there before. <laughs> just hanging out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, well, uh, but I think Billy maybe brought her over by to those bathrooms so that then she would go in. I don't know. Oh, totally. Well, the it's theory weird, according you know to the website is that I thought it was it, Billy. It was neither. It was just a prankster. This is a prankster really? because you can see the person without a knife. I don't know. What yeah. that means, but the person I mean, when when Ghostface does come out, he doesn't have he a knife or a knife. anything. So does that he does he doesn't. I actually I I yeah yeah he goes. I was assuming he did. To... You only see him so briefly. He mm-hmm. reaches for her, she slides under, and that's it. You know, I assumed he had a knife in one of them hands. So who knows what it actually is? But that's I mean I I, I noted that when I saw it, which is yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in either case, freaks Sid enough that, uh, which they cut this, uh, it was in the script, but they didn't actually do it in the final cut. Um, she runs directly to the principal's office, has a full-fledged fucking meltdown, and that is why Winkler literally calls off school until oh, further sense. notice. So that's a little, it's a it's a gap in the uh, scenes, but that's mm-hmm. why. She basically, in the script, she was supposed to go to his office and like have a full fucking meltdown. Totally. Um, while this is going on, uh, Gail is flirting with Dewey, uh, in some really fucking gross ways. If you actually listen to the dialogue, uh, mm-hmm. there's one where it's like, "Wow, you still look like you're 12 years old, just a little broader in the shoulders." I'm like, "Oh, you're you're trying to flirt with him, saying he looks like a 12 year old." I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand that. 
I don't get that. I guess I've been so used to it for so long. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. It didn't register with me. I honestly did not catch that until watching it no less than like two hours ago. I was like, oh, weird. Because I had subtitles on and I was like, oh, that's a weird thing. That's probably wrong. And then I arrived (laughs) and I was like, oh, no, that was right. Oh, she called him a 12 year old. Perfect. Okay, awesome. Keep on going. So in the meantime, uh, Stu, uh, thankful for, I guess, the apparent attack of her in school, decides to throw a fucking house party. Uh, And just to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Stu's house party is 40 minutes of a hour and 20 something minute runtime. It's a huge chunk of it's this film. It's half the movie, yeah. It's half yeah. the like movie, the basically. Start of Act Two, I would call it. Oh, <laughs> huge. So before we get to the house party, uh, unfortunately, we have to say bye bye uh, to the principal because yeah. uh, <laughs> Winky gets kind of killed in a really. Uh, it's not a great way honestly it's probably one of the weaker kills in the entire movie in my opinion i agree with you now it never was an issue for me before but his acting getting stabbed it's like i laughed this time bad. i did not realize how bad <laughs> oh, it was oh dude it's his like, death rattle is really fucking nuts. bad um okay to revert to rewind just a little bit um he's hearing noises and knocks and stuff like that so he's going through his office and he pops the door open and then there's just this uh, guy mopping the floor this This guy guy? i'm sorry uh, this guy this guy called fred who's in a freddy krueger sweater and then if you look close enough that's Wes Craven. Yeah, little, Wes Craven yeah. pulls a Hitchcock in his own movie, dressed up as Frederick Krueger, who was a janitor that also is that. Which I thought was like, it was super way on the nose, but so funny at the same oh, time because awesome, it takes yeah. like oh, two seconds. And you're like, oh, little yeah. shit. Oh, that's so what'd you, good. What you call me? Oh, not, nothing, Fred. <laughs> no, Fred. You're, no, you're totally fine. You're just like, oh, because what's great is that if you don't know any of the references, it's just one of these like what. And then mm-hmm. if you know the reference, uh, dude, rewatching that, anytime that this goes on in like a theater for like Halloween or something like that, there's always three motherfuckers in the crowd that just stand up and go, <laughs> like Neanderthals pointing at the screen. I just, yeah, it fucking knocks me out. So yeah, uh, Winky gets fucking stabbed. He just gets stabbed a bunch of different times. And like I said, it's almost like when Pee Wee gets, uh, 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 staked in Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer where it's that 20 minute death scene where he's kicking around. It's not as bad as that but it's pretty bad. It's just his death scene was just not that fucking great. The only thing that we've redeemed it is the scream face curling above the dead eye. Mm-hmm. As like the, as that the is death a great throws. shot. That's a fucking really fun one. Um, I feel like they thought of that first and we're like okay we just gotta stab him a bunch of times like the budget's pretty <laughs> well, much shot on Well if you go back to your scene. kind of like italian horror film nods the cinematography of things of like playing with reflections and shadows and all that kind of stuff that felt very much like very italian way of doing that we're just like that is so good it's like the old 70s jellos you're like god damn it that's so fucking great um so we have a little back and forth scene that i'm not going to go into too depth about because it's it's basically tatum and sid having a thing about cotton and his innocence and this is like the first nod of like maybe i pinned it on the wrong guy uh except you get that great wes carpenter flick quote right um 
which is even more fucking meta. Uh, and then you have Ghostface hiding in the bushes, and then like, like runs by in the distance. Uh, another th- song I downloaded on Napster is from that scene. It was the first time I heard "Schools Out" the Alice Cooper song, and I was like, "Now this is really cool." <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna love this. Um, okay, so we also get to one of the most well, two of the most infamous scenes are coming up, but the first one is the fucking video store scene with randy stew and billy randy's fucking meltdown in this bitch was fucking outstanding i also like the fact that he refers to prom night like 30 times which is just Mm -hmm. outstanding um i like the fact that there's uh stew is kind of suggesting that it's like kind of the nods to like i you know i think it's you know sydney's dad and blah blah because obviously uh as you're going throughout this thing there are more uh, crumbs of clues that are leading to uh, Neil Prescott as kind of the main uh, orchestrator of all of this carnage uh, by proxy of Billy and Stu, who are now doing these things, kind of leading up to it. So I like that there's an. I thought they were just trying to make as many people suspects as possible. Oh, no, no, no. Their entire intent was to frame this entire thing on Neil Prescott towards the end. Well, That's Stu and think- Billy, but the rest of the movie, like. The I feel like the direction of the movie isn't trying to make you feel that way. No, it, no, no, no. No, I'm saying it's an act by Stu that he's right, imposing right. that into the dialogue and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which is so funny because then when fucking Billy gets into the scene, uh, it's this really weird uh, Randy sandwich that Stu's in the background, like clinging to him like fucking Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Well, like, Billy's just kind of like and elbows over him and playing with his ear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, yeah. I think he was. Uh, that was Lillard. That was Lillard coming in. Lillard, oh, yeah. Coming, yeah, <laughs> Lillard came to party that day, which is, I mean, obviously in, when you watch it for the first time, it's really funny because you're just like, oh, these guys are just fucking just fucking with this kid. But then when you actually watch it and realize who they are and they are the killers, you're like, oh, that's like, that's putting the mayonnaise on a little too thick, but I kind of, it's like, kind of like it. It's like, this well, is it's really funny because it's like great on a rewatch things. Once you yeah. know, then you're seeing it and you're like, oh my God, oh, fuck <laughs> right. shit, dude. Uh, (laughs) so I mean at this point the entire town's closed for curfew Um, they also do this really nice subtle nod to the town that dreaded sundown which I will cover because it's also like this movie is roughly based off of the Gainesville Ripper Um, there is a movie called the town that dreaded sundown which is actually about a serial killer that haunted Texarkana for a really long time it was kind of just a nice little homage to it Mm -hmm. Um, that killer is that shit crazy. Correct. That motherfucker kills a dude with a trombone. Uh, huh. But <laughs> that'll be for later. Sounds like so. something that would happen in a horror movie, but like, uh, you know, the fourth or fifth sequel. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> What's crazy it actually happened in real life. Um, so uh, while this is all going down, Deputy Dewey in that beautiful, beautiful fucking licking of the ice cream cone shot, oh. uh, they find out that uh, Sid's dad is the one who made all the phone calls. They do brought the fact that there could be a clone on the cell phone, but all signs point to dad. Uh, That's when the sheriff, though, puts out his cigarette and we see his shoe. And it's not. Like, I mean, dude, ah. they're throwing these shits left and right. It's fucking mm-hmm. outstanding. So uh, now we're getting to the fucking house party. Uh, Gail pretty much followed Dewey to this place. Uh, and uh, what are they going to do? I don't know. Let's just do some fucking ginormous hidden camera. I mean, this thing is fucking. Ma- I mean, I guess for nineteen ninety six on top of the VCR big. too. On top which of the VCR, they're using, they're using, <laughs> yeah, like never actively know. putting movies in and out of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, yeah. Randy's so Randy's just uh, like, oh, I guess Stu has a camera here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like, the, but the auspices of uh, uh, Dewey kind of like touring around the house, which was just yeah, ridiculous to get the camera in there, but it worked for the plot. Um, mm-hmm. Then we get to uh, probably one of the most inventive kills uh in 1996 i would probably have to say uh this is uh tatum's uh death in the garage um holy fucking shit batman would never happen in real life but it's an incredible garage door opener oh my god that's got some like make it manufacturer this is like uh was a dhl like this it gets the job done (laughs) like this gets the job completely Mm -hmm. done um so, uh, if you don't know the scene, she's going out to get beer. Uh, she uh, goes to get beer. Uh, quick, meow, cat distraction. Because we all want a fucking cat fucking making you full of shit your pants in a theater for no fucking reason for 30 seconds. False jump scare. Classic. Oh, mm-hmm. all ca- classic. Uh, door's fucking locked. So, she tries leaving through the garage door. She turns around when the garage door stops. And it is Ghostface. Except... Uh, unlike most of the other scenes um she is not buying it so she decides to be like are you mr psycho man can i play helpless victim which is so meta while it's going on that you're just like oh wow this is terrible and also amazing classic line uh please don't kill me mr ghostface i want to be in the sequel sequel (laughs) i think that's the only time we hear him called ghostface as well I'm not yes. 100% sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, sure no, as well. I think you're pretty sure I, yeah. you're right on that. Um, so, yeah, uh, realizes it's not a fucking game when he slashes her arm. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> this is Stuntman Ghostface, by the way, because this uh. dude gets a freezer door to the face. He gets beer to his groin, chest, and head. Uh, I'm pretty It was that sure... beer that made me think we would definitely know who this guy is when he shows up without a mask Billy, on. Billy or Stu is going to be showing up with a fucking shiner at this point. Um, and, Which that was uh, Billy, right? You guys think that's Billy? I, I do think that's Billy because I think I think Stu's in at the party is hanging and out at the Billy party. Billy shows up after that. And I think yeah. Stu like closes the door and locks them in. Yeah. I agreed. Yep. But Billy's totally. in there. Yeah. Um, he also gets like flipped on the stairs and stuff like that. Anyways, uh, so uh, Tatum tries going out through the fucking cat slash dog door uh, and gets nuked by the door, which mm-hmm. lifts her entire body weight up. Uh, she got stuck, which I'm assuming they kind of make the quick little nod that it's either her torso or her boobs got her stuck. And then it literally Joe's and the oh man, the special effects on that head crush scene are so <laughs> awesome. Just bleh. Which um, that one is the unrated one? You see, do we see a little bit more? Do you know? I feel like we the did. Un, yeah, no, the unrated one. I think you see a little more of the actual prosthetic head getting like crushed in, like, right? Exactly. Like I don't think That's, her eyeball. I pops remember out or it that like way. That, but, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, the Steens. Most. I mean, the only difference between uh, the and I could be completely wrong here, and if I am, come and go on my social media and hit me up. Uh, most of the NC-17 editing wasn't full scenes. It was the gore. So it's mostly just how right. they edited the gore scenes. Right. So in the NC and Unrated, the most of the kills you see are a little extended. I'm only talking by like a Half fractions. A exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. So uh, as we said, Billy shows up to the party and um, Sid and him go up to the master bedroom. Uh, she realizes uh, who her mom was and her grief and how it's kind of affected their relationship. Uh, and she's being a prude and she didn't want to turn out like her mom. 
And uh, it's a really real scene that, like, her knee-jerk reaction to her mom's infidelity was her being a prude. Like, I thought that was a really uh, mm-hmm. smart way for the dialogue, and then Rude makes kind of the character. So but now she's um, down to clown. Now she's dead. Now she's down to clown. And as Billy says, life is just one great big movie. You just can't pick your genre. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's when she says, I want to be like Meg Ryan or a porno. Or maybe a porno. And, then, and he's like, boom, goes what? straight to fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love his reaction. He's like, uh, wait, what? what? Are, you, what? are you sure? And now all he's right. like, now he's reevaluating murdering all of these people where he's like, oh, God damn it. I, oh, okay. I guess it's awesome. Like, I hope Stu heard that and knows to wait. <laughs> <laughs> he's swatting him away while he's like, get out of here, get out of here. Stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Um, and then now we get to the most infamous scene, uh, at least in the film, is the Randy stopping Halloween and talking about the survival of a horror movie. Yes, uh, which the is the rules. three The rules. The rules, my friends, and rule there are one. certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Exactly. Rule one, you can never have sex. Boo. Boo. Two, no drinking or drugs. Oh, no. Ah, boo, boo. <laughs> Number three, you'll never, ever say I'll be right back because you won't be back. Hey, I'm going to go get another beer. Anybody want one? No, I'm okay. Thanks, though. I'll be right back. Oh, you did it. He said the thing with the thing. So, simultaneously, Gail and Dooley uh, are now investigating a car in the bushes. Because who wouldn't want to do that on a lonely stroll with a flashlight? Some of these choices are just hilarious. We're like, there's a killer on the loose. With a cop. Yeah, but it's Dewey. <laughs> He's got the physique of a 12-year-old boy. Um, oh, the face. Uh, he, the force, the, he thought oh, he should chest. put on more muscle mass so that it could be taken more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, um, Randy, uh, while this is going on, Randy gets a call that the principal, uh, Mr. Winkler, uh, was killed and uh, hung from the field goal post just like the uh, Casey was so uh, a bunch of piss ass drunk teens. Uh, most of the people that are left in the house decide to pack rat it into a bunch of cars and almost fucking cream doing guilt on the side of the road, which is insane. Just the idea that the cop has no problem with underage drinking, uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of other crazy shit, and then because of his inaction as a police officer, almost yes. gets killed in the middle of a road with a random <laughs> civilian because oh, of yeah. a bunch of drunk teens trying to drive a hundred miles an hour to an active murder scene. <laughs> That's on you, Dewey. That's fucking on you. You know what you did. And Anyways. he got what he wanted out of it. Oh, he totally did. You know what? Maybe that was his master plan. Maybe these drunk kids are going to try to kill me so I can fucking physically roll down a hill and then pin Gail down and then touch her tonsils with my tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they did. <laughs> Is that what you're looking for? My whole and life. <laughs> my entire life. No, the um, car. No, the fucking, the actual goddamn <laughs> cart. The car. And they, as they kiss and realize, uh, yeah, they found the car and it's fucking... Sid's dad. Oh, oh shit. Signs are pointing to daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Billy and uh, Sid just finished boning. And, uh, you know, the first thing that uh, I think of uh, when after having sex for the first time is uh, the phone calls you make uh, while uh, From you're jail. locked up in prison. So yeah, she starts totally. questioning him. And uh, well, he's like, what? Have you he ever goes, had sex with someone who had just kind of gotten out of prison? 
I can't legally talk about that on a podcast, <laughs> it's Brian. It's still an ongoing and case, and you it's, know this it. This is an ongoing case, and I'm uh, not happy that you brought that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, uh, I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it. I'll take we'll, it out. We'll, we'll cut it. We'll cut it. Out. Um, I, and then he goes, what do I got to prove? I'm not the killer. Well, how do you prove it? By actually having Ghostface behind you and then getting stabbed a bunch of times. Which this uh, was like at the time not knowing this was like such a like oh fuck well i guess it wasn't him because he just got murked he just is just a creepy dude which which Mm -hmm. makes it like that much crazier because you're like you're so pinned on billy the entire time and you're like wait what the fuck so Mm -hmm. like i yeah this momentum works out fucking great so there's this huge cat and mouse chase around the entire house which leads her to being thrown the fuck off of the roof uh successfully onto a boat cover which i thought was great on fucking sid's part um and then uh, that's where she finds tate's body uh fucking uh we cut to randy wasted as shit on the couch and i love this too this scene is so i love like, this scene so yeah, much so this good was like one of my favorite favorites when i was bow down oh, sure i literally do the wayne's world were not worthy because this scene is so fucking good you have Ghostface behind him as randy is yelling at the screen to look behind look behind you He's right there look behind you at Jamie Lee Curtis while fucking Michael Myers is there. That entire meta scene is just so fucking good. But right before he's about to just get stabbed to death, Ghostface hears fucking Sid screaming out and he goes straight to the fucking news or sorry, she goes straight to the news van to go tell mm-hmm. Kenny, the cameraman, what the fuck is going on. And they're seeing Ghostface about to stab down and kill fucking Randy as he pops out of the van and he sees the open door and he goes, oh, fuck. 30 second delay <laughs> so good though that like yeah. gave me oh my god brilliant so kenny turns around and he's like wait a minute and then just fucking gets his throat slashed and he tells her to fucking close the van she successfully does that well not really she gets stabbed first then mm-hmm. fucking closes the goddamn door weasels her way out of the back of the fucking van um and then uh, we goes back to uh, Dewey goes back into the house while Gail calls for the cops. So Gail gets back into the van. She sees the blood covering the entire thing. She's about to call the cops. She dials 911 and Randy pops out going, what's going on? And then just gets his <laughs> fucking face creamed by this fucking cell. Like and multiple li- times. It's multiple <laughs> times. And ladies and ladies and gentlemen, okay, this isn't a normal cell phone. Like once you consider a cell phone, yeah. This is a brick cell phone. This is literally a brick and a half worth of material in like a like in plastic that just got bashed into Randy's face. So in as this scene gets even more batshit, which I love about this fucking scene, because it just completely crescendos. So you've got Gail getting into the van, or she sees the blood, freaks out. She's about to call 911. Randy pops out. She fucking punches the fuck out of him. Then she starts fucking hauling ass driving. Kenny's body slides, and there's blood coming down. So his slit throat body falls down onto the goddamn windshield. She's like, oh my god, Kenny, get the fuck out of the way. (laughs) Kenny, I'm so sorry, but get the fuck out of my car. Get the fuck out of my car. Which is so funny, just screaming at a corpse. Uh, Mm. She turns the wheel. He kind of like drifts off. And then fucking, of course, Sid pops out of the fucking road going, help me. And she goes, great. And then just hikes it and then completely demolishes the fucking van and pretty much gets her. She runs into a tree head first. Runs into a tree mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm, fucking gets mm-hmm. nuked, right? 
literal like what the fuck just happened scene because it happens so fast and there's like all these different things that happen i was like that was beautiful that was like it was like a weird fucked up uh, uh ballet of just fucking gore and corpses and a bunch of other it's stuff so was, good mm, so, so fucking well good i love it so sid gets back to the house we find dewey stabbed in the back and ghost face at the goddamn door um she gets successfully into Dewey's cop cruiser, but uh, in a great scene, the fucking jingle jangle of the <laughs> tap, fucking tap, tap, oh, yeah. tap 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 That's so jingle fun. jangle. Uh, he <laughs> creeps under the charm. fucking car. Exactly that, that ghost face. That is you know that's it's definitely great. Stu. Definitely Stu. Oh yeah, no, definitely right, right. Stu at this point. Um, that is one of the best things about Ghostface is like there are certain scenes where he's got like this fucking charisma. That is just a little unlike most other slashers where it's like cocky, but not like mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. I'm going to say a pun before I kill you kind right. of cocky. You know what I mean? Um, so all right, fucking the locks are going back and forth. Uh, Ghostface gets in through the fucking back, but not until Sid is successfully able to give the entire fucking address. And I'm about to get fucking killed on the fucking radio. So good mm-hmm. on her. Um <clears throat> Sorry, that's oh, fine. Guys. It was the con- I tried holding back coughs the entire goddamn oh, time with this congestion. Cough, cough. So uh, Sid calls for backup and pops out of the car. Randy and Stu simultaneously come <laughs> up at the same time, blaming each other for the Pointing fucking murder. Like, no, it's him. <laughs> you did it. You fucking son of a bitch. You did. Stu's crazy. So th- this, this crossfire, I found it way funnier than I have before. The way they were pointing at each other. <laughs> Oh, huge. I mean, once you know the gag, it's really funny because they're pointing at each other. The first time watching it, it is very unsettling because you have no idea who to trust or who's behind it. So I love the fact that she literally goes, all right, fine. Fuck you guys both. And just closes both both of them out, which I thought was great because I was I was waiting for her to decide on either one. So we've got her with. Oh, by the way, she's locked and loaded at this point, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with an actual fucking handgun. Um Guess who's still alive? Really? Billy. Billy. Billy's still alive. And unlike Billy from Black Christmas, Billy <laughs> trips and falls down the stairs full mm-hmm. force. <laughs> well, he's, you know, all cut up and bloody. Covered in cut corn syrup. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Hand me the gun. And then opens the door. Randy pops in. Stu's lost his fucking mind. And he's gone the, mad. He's, he's gone mad. We all go a little mad sometimes. Wait, what? Pop. <laughs> fucking Randy gets shot. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Spoiler alert. That didn't happen fucking an hour ago. Uh, Billy's the goddamn killer. And uh, Billy and Stu have been planning this entire fucking menage. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is, uh, dude, when this reveal happened, not only Billy. Okay, so I knew Billy, right? But then you're logically thinking when that happens, you're like, well, how the fuck did and then Stu shows up? And you're like, there are two killers, not one. Because we were tricked into thinking Billy was killed by Ghostface earlier. Well, predominantly in a lot of slasher films, it's an independent venture. There's not a lot of movies that dive into um, multiple killers. You know what I mean? Especially when you think of uh, a masked killer, a lot of them uh, either have like an elaborate backstory. So there really isn't like a a family. I mean, closest would be 
maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the Sawyer family, but it's already an established family. There's not like really the plot. To well, work. whodunits usually aren't two people either. No, 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 not at all. So it's like <laughs> so having that's the this other big surprise. Oh my god, absolutely! So it's like having this reveal is fucking great. Um, and then this is when we get to have fucking amazing, amazing acting from Matthew Lillard. Oh yeah, so he, he gets to go. I love it so much. It's, it's so fun. Yeah. Um. So it's. Oh, god damn it, dude! This oh, is but so fun. Uh, so Billy was made to look dead using uh corn syrup, corn the same syrup. stuff they use for pig's blood and carry, which I didn't <laughs> know until I saw Scream. Yeah, and so had not seen Carrie yet either. <laughs> This movie is, you know, the amount of facts this movie gives you just on other movies alone is like it's its own trivia box. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah, they killed Sid's mom uh, a a year ago to the day, actually, because it went past midnight. And this was kind of their weird master plan ish, kind of maybe Uh, she broke up Billy's parents marriage and uh, he feels abandoned. So uh, they had kidnapped Sidney's dad and he's in the fucking house. Uh, and uh, they're going to blame all the murders on him. So they cloned his cell. Uh, they're going to murder fucking everyone and then shoot him in the head, and uh, everything's going to be hunky-dory. But it'll before work that, it'll all work out. I mean, on paper, it should have all worked out. Um, but uh, they also have to make it look real. So they get this really fucked-up scene where they just start stabbing each other. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, Stu gets a little zealous, uh, but then Billy uh, retaliates, uh, and he fucking well, they gets... stab each other once, and then Billy <laughs> did Oh, not Billy like hacks that. him up. I mean, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, at this point, like, Stu's so pretty much That's another thing that's cut for this version. You kind of hear him cutting him up a bit more, uh, but you don't see it. And I believe you see it in the past, and you hear blood dripping. And I yes. distinctly remember seeing blood dripping from Stu's hand onto the ground, which we don't see the drip. Um, in the, in the, uh, the Amazon Prime streaming version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these guys are just stabbing each other back and forth. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we well, we got to get the gun. We got to fucking, let's just figure this shit out. Uh, whoops, gun's gone. Guess who's got the gun? Gail's got the gun. Yeah. Gail survived the car crash. Um, except Gail has never actually learned about gun or gun safety, so the fucking safety was on the gun, uh, and she didn't know that, and Billy decides to fucking just punch her directly in the face and grab the gun back. We also get Um, one of my favorite lines where he's like, I thought you said she was dead, and he said, she looked dead. Still does. (laughs) I love Oh my god. So yeah, now they've got the gun. They're about to execute uh uh Gail and she turns around and fucking Sid's gone. And uh mm-hmm. then they get a goddamn phone call uh from Sid who said, uh, yeah, guess what? It's a new game. She's got the voice changer, she's hiding somewhere in the house, and she's also called the cops on them. So the whole game is completely loose. They fucking they know exactly who it is and the did cops you are really coming call right the now. cops? My parents oh. are gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> Why did, Billy, like, you two, hit me with the my, phone, you dick! I was gonna say, those are my two favorite lines of all time. Why did you hit me with the phone, you dick? And then my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> uh, quintessential Matthew Lillard. Brilliant, um, yeah. So fucking Billy's losing his goddamn shit. Uh, Sid's in the closet, fucking fucks up Billy with an umbrella uh, and uh, steals the gun. Uh, gets tackled by Stu and Stu gets fucking Nightmare on Elm Street fucking dream warriored uh, and gets an entire television to his fucking head, mm-hmm. um, which was 
Ab- absolutely. Just so Tex Avery and amazing. Uh, Billy gets the knife back. He's about to fucking hammer it down on you. And Gail now learned how to turn the safety off. Oh, yes. And <laughs> shoots him. Yes, nice. Thank fucking God. And the mm-hmm. best, one of the best scenes is uh, Randy uh, saying what's about to fucking happen. Uh, and I still jumped. He and explained oh, yeah. the entire. Mm-hmm. It was that's the best part is that like I love this movie is so smart that even after before it happens they explain it to you and you still get fucking you're like oh shit okay fuck <laughs> god damn it I I don't jump anymore at it but Tough I guy. did for a long time still jump at that part and part of the reason why I know the movie so well is because it scared the shit out of me and I. I was going to be like, I'm going to watch this until it does not scare me anymore. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Not, he locked himself in, in a room for a week straight. Uh, oh, for when I started dating <laughs> my wife 12 years ago or whenever that was, I used to put on Scream to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, basically, uh, yeah, he fucking hops back up and Billy gets shot right in the fucking head. So there is not going to be a sequel for Stu or Billy. Uh, and uh, cops show up, everyone's okay, Dewey survived, and Gail gets the story of a lifetime, and it pans mm-hmm. out, and that is the end of Scream, guys. Uh, Brilliant. What a great movie, man. This yeah. was uh, super, fun. super fun. Super fun. I made notes to see if I, uh, ha- you talk, I'm going to see if I had anything I wanted to mention that didn't come up. Cool. Um, uh, Brian? Oh, I was just going to continue. Yeah, super fun. Um, I wonder, I don't know what people who have never seen it, you know, the youths of now think of this movie and how it has aged over time. Because I feel like it's become a classic. It was instantaneously classic to a lot of horror fans, but I feel like it's bridged the, like, it's become a more well-known horror film. Oh, yeah. So many people. This movie... um stratosphere i think like uh it is still up and i think it's up until 2018 i believe halloween knocked it out of the park the re- the remake mm-hmm. the 2018 uh, sequel remake whatever you want to call it um it was the highest grossing horror film ever and then this movie, like, took was, over the world it, yeah. yeah the whole scary movie franchise is because of scream which scream was originally going to be called scary movie exactly exactly so like this movie is like yeah uh this like it it didn't revitalize uh horror films it resurrected them like this mm-hmm, completely mm-hmm. changed a lot of the formulas of the genre uh because at the time and still is honestly like this was such a hip interesting way of interpreting what a horror movie could be with its crime thriller aspects, particularly with its humor. There are so many Mm -hmm. good scenes. I think a great, I will say this is the hill I'll die on Um, to have a really good, well encompassed horror movie elements of humor aren't aren't necessary, but help immensely in it because I think with humor, you're disarmed to the point where either you're relating to the characters or it puts you in this like passive, like this is really cool. And then the horror happens and it makes it that just more scary because it's exactly what you said with relating to the characters. I think it, I think it helps you relate and care about the characters. So many horror movies do such a poor job of character development um, that you don't really care about any of them or they're kind of uninteresting and this movie knocks it out of the park. Oh, absolutely dude. I mean, honestly, this, (laughs) This got to so many people that the caller ID systems 
tripled their service in homes after Scream was released. <laughs> I believe it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's like just a, a thing of the time again. Like, now everything just shows up on your cell phone. It'll probably say, you know, it'll say unknown now or no yeah. caller ID <laughs> which, or stuff which is like kind that. Of a, which is kind yeah. of a great, like, leeway into, like, I wonder what... Uh, I think, Brian, you brought up, like, what kind of information and what kind of technology they're going to use for the new one. Because there is... I'm compl- really curious to see what they're going to do. Well, there's just... There's so many untapped different areas of um, how we interact with technology and how that technology can be used against us. Mm-hmm. Like, as in, in 96, like, this was about the anonymity of phone calls and, like having someone who can like trace their voice cloning cell phones and the fact of like that, you know, using technology to the killer's disposal. And Mm -hmm. now we've got so much more technology. It's going to be really interesting when uh, the new one gets released, um, how they interact with it. I don't know if you, have you guys seen any of the trailers or anything like that? I saw the trailer when it first came out and I haven't watched it since because I want to know as little as possible. I'm going to try and see it opening day. I know this episode should be coming out that week and hopefully I will already have a ticket to see it. Oh, absolutely. Um, with this, I, the, the only reason I bring that up, because it's it's part of the initial trailer when you see it, um, is uh, she's on a, the one of these victims is on a smartphone, and the entire home security network, all of her doors are locked by a button. Someone's over it. Oh, it's all connected. It's a smart house. They hit it, and every door in the house unlocks, and she can't keep the house unlocked. Or mm-hmm. locked up, and I thought that was just like a really chilling, like oh, we have all of our like, I give all this faith into technology, and then you're sitting there in a real situation, and someone's hacked into it. I just, I know, I, I, I love that aspect. Oh, for sure. I think it's going to be yeah, interesting, and I think it's going to play a lot into that video stuff. Texting is going to be a huge part of it. I mean, if you look oh, yeah. at the series that came out on MTV, uh, it was set in a time where cell phones and video and all that kind of stuff is more uh-huh. prevalent. So it, it, it played into that texting a mm-hmm. lot and the, the voice call still as well. Show. I mean, the, 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 the show is interesting. It's different. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it found what it was a little bit too late and got canceled too quickly. There's actually three seasons of it. The first two seasons relate to each other and it's okay. kind of like this different take on Ghostface and what all yeah. like what scream was and then mm-hmm. i feel like people didn't really have a great reception to it because it wasn't the classic Ghostface. so right. season yeah. three re- they tried to rebrand and bring that back and that season sucked in my opinion i liked what they were trying to do with the other one the first mm-hmm. two seasons yeah that's interesting i'll have to check that out i haven't seen that um so ross where i guess we'll start with you since you uh led the review how many fingers yeah. i mean are you going to cut off for this one? I think we all know where we're going. I, yeah, here. I think it's going to be unanimous, but uh, yeah, no, man, it's a five. I mean, this is a certified shuttle. This is a five. This is a, uh, you know, even if you're certified, not that yeah. well, it's well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, fives <laughs> across the board, buddy. I know I'm, I'm jumping <laughs> the gun, but I, I have a, I have a good assumption of where this is going to go. Um, no, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. If you're not even, if you're not, even into hardcore horror films, you're still going to love this. And I think this is a great kind of like we talked about with certain other films. Like this is a great gateway into deeper cuts and deeper dives into classic horror movies just by its references alone. And at mm-hmm. 25 years, it's a classic in and of itself. This franchise, absolutely. Uh, even if it, even at its lowest lows in some of the parts of the franchise and its sequels still superiorly 
beats the shit out of 98% of slashers out there. So this is a, uh, yeah, this is a five. Um, if I could, I'm literally cutting up to the uh, to a whole arms in. I mean, I, like, I don't even know, like, you know, five, like, sure. hand's not enough for Scream. <laughs> what about you, gentlemen? All right, Sam. Yeah, how do you feel as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely five fingers in the grave for this one. I, I tried to watch it with a... Pr- tried to watch initially going in with a perspective of fresh eyes but immediately i found myself quoting along to the whole opening scene so i was like all right that's out the window um but i i do have my little five tiers five fingers for each thing so is it recommendable oh yeah that's a full finger quotable definitely that's a full finger rewatchable big time that's a full finger t-shirtable that's my new category (laughs) absolutely i have a ghost face shirt now in high school, I had a Scream 2 shirt that I found at a Goodwill. But, nice. Nice. Um, and is it chuddle? Is it chuddleable? Does it sort of fit into the that certain I don't know what? And yes, it does. That's another full finger. So five fingers in the grave from me. Five in the grave from Sam. Five in the grave from Ross. And then it comes over to me. Do I make this the certified chuddle? Of course I do. Five fingers yeah, in the grave for me as do. well. I mean, we, we talked about our love of this movie throughout this whole uh, podcast here. So, like, how could mm-hmm. it not be? It, it, it was so influential, influential to all of us, I think, in shaping a, a lot of different things. I mean, this was a, when I was young, this was like a cool sexy horror movie like mm-hmm, i remember yeah. seeing those boxes uh, uh the vhs boxes on the walls of blockbuster and yeah and thinking just that and then eventually actually you know i can't say i remember the first time i really watched it, it i feel like it's just always been a part of me but like it's it's <laughs> it, it, it's a fantastic fun ride i i agree with what sam says and how his reviews are placed here it, it's definitely something i would suggest to watch to a fan of a horror film, a fan of a, a good thriller movie, a fan, just, you know, anyone looking for for something to have fun with that's interested in this kind of genre. It can kind of play against a bunch of that there. Oh, yeah. It's, One thing you got to be good with gore. Like, this is a movie that's that I think of, my yes. mom would like were it not for all the gore. She can if watch they, the TBS version. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which I think is honestly a place to the advantage is that like there's so many different versions of this movie. If you know someone who has like a, a, a apprehension to gore, you could literally do the made for TV movie of this and they would be able to watch it no problem. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it it's not too hard to even ha- edit down that gore even more. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. There is our in-depth look at the movie Scream. Uh, I know the new movie is going to be coming out. So tweet at us. Tell us what you think. Uh, hopefully yeah. we'll have seen it by then. So maybe don't throw too many spoilers at us. But uh, <laughs> I mean, tweet at us, though. But that'd be great. Or, yeah, or Instagram know. at us. Where, wherever you want to get at us, email us. We'll We're be there most to active on Instagram, I think, all of us, right? Instagram so be tends place. to be the best way to find us. So, So there you have it. And we're going to go ahead and take a quick little break. And we're back. Thank you so much to our kind sponsors for those kind words of encouragement yet again. So here we are. We're going to come back with Sam's segment. And we're actually going to pull pull our first episode audible where we've lied to you in the <laughs> beginning. And we're going to tell you something different now. So we have all had such a fun time talking about scream we lost track of time and went a little long on it so i think i'm Mm -hmm. gonna forego my my uh part two of dear david this week so next week we can come back and 
really dive into that and finish that up. Dive but for in. now, we're going to go over to Sam with his extended music moment. Yeah, extended <laughs> music moment works. It's, I guess, a little bit longer because I'm not just going to play a clip for a song and give you a quick background. Um, but it is still going to be relatively short. So I'm going to call this segment, Whoa, Man, Knocked Loose is Gnarly. So uh, Knocked Loose is a hardcore band that I am digging a lot right now, hence the segment. Knocked Loose started in 2013. They are a, a hardcore band, as I just said, from Oldham, Kentucky, which is just outside of Louisville. So a lot, a lot of times they just say Louisville. They tour for about 10 months of the year, every year until COVID. So they're a very, very hardworking band. The current lineup Damn. features... Yeah, that's... I mean, 10 <laughs> months a year is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so the current lineup features three OG members, Brian Garris on vocals, Isaac Hale on guitar, and Kevin Otten on bass. Their drummer has been playing with them since 20, 2015. His name is Kevin Kane, but he goes by Paxson. That's his nickname. I, I don't know why, but that's no, funny. Paxson? Paxson, like the store. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Nico Calderon on guitar since 2020. They were kids when they started. I think Isaac was 16. I know he dropped out of his senior year of high school to tour full time with Knock Loose. And his parents were actually supportive of it, which was cool. I believe he finished his degree online. It's not like he totally dropped out of school. But um, just an interesting thing. Another fun note is that Isaac and Paxson had a band when... They were around 14 that Isaac described as a Between the Buried and Me knockoff band, which I know Brian <laughs> and I appreciate. Uh, another fun fact, at least for me, is Kevin Otten's first heavy band and favorite band now in the sort of genre is Darkest Hour, which is another band that I have a great affinity for. Nice. I kind of find myself disliking genre labels more and more as I get older, and also I'm bad at defining them. So I... <laughs> Just refer to them as heavy music, it's heavy, aggressive, very low tuning. I think they tune in G, uh, which is negative like G, four lower than standard tuning. Um, so very low, <laughs> uh -huh. heavy, heavy. If you're a fan of breakdowns, uh, you'll like this band. They're chock full of breakdowns, all their music. <laughs> all right, okay. I'm, they I'm, came I'm on sold. my radar a couple years ago when I saw memes for their song Counting Worms, uh, which we will hear now. Oh! <laughs> 
there we are. Minute long song. Counting worms. Wow. Their tuning is so low, I feel like they're picking their strings off of the ground. In right. the best way possible. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's so that is so that's really good. That's really, really good. Yeah. So that's fun. So uh people were memeing the uh the oh oh part. It's, it, I think the song rips and uh what really made me fall in love with the band initially at least was Brian Garris's vocals. They're just so yeah. primal and rad. I love it. It's just very, I don't know. It just hooks you. Gotcha. Oh, sure. It 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 uh, it puts its talons in your reptilian brain. It just makes it you want to just yeah. Their debut release was in twenty four a twenty fourteen EP titled Pop Culture on a small label called Little Heart Records, which I think was also out of Louisville. In twenty fifteen, they toured nearly that entire year. In an interview with Garris, uh, he said there would be times where he found himself saying things like, all right, Chicago, if you like what you're here tonight, we'll be here in two weeks, so come back then. <laughs> uh, just because they were touring so much. Right. In 2016, they released their full-length record, Laugh Tracks, their first full-length on Pure Noise Records, which is the song we just heard from that album. Uh-huh. And again, they would tour constantly to support that album. In 2019... They released their second full length, uh, A Different Shade of Blue. This album was written a little differently than the first two. Isaac Hale, the guitarist, pretty much wrote the first two albums by himself in his garage. But this album was made by jamming together and writing the songs out of these jams. This album was also very successful in sort of the scene it occupies and helped bring the band to prominence. Uh, The single from... That record was Mistakes Like Fractures. I think there was actually a few, but that is the one we are going to listen to just a taste of right now. from mistakes like fractures off a different shade of blue yeah it's uh, interesting just running through a timeline yeah the beginning guitars are like super like 80s metal and then the breakdowns are like that hardcore transition so that's really cool yeah the opening kind of reminded me of like a slayer thing or yeah like, like you said like a maybe a thrashier kind of vibe 80s vibe yeah yeah in 2020 they were first forced to stop touring as all bands were due to covid so they were you know about five years just touring constantly and then stuck at home yeah one fun thing that uh, during i 
happened during this time that I liked was Paxson, the drummer, started Oldham Candle Company. So if you want to buy a candle from their drummer, you can go to oldhamcandleco.com for that. And I nice. just thought that was fun and worth noting. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they wrote and recorded their new EP, A Terran, The Fabric of Life, which came out October of this year, 2021. This EP is a concept album, which is okay. kind of rare for that space. Yeah. And in a recent interview with Alterna- Alternative Press, Garris said the band considered it a branch off from the song In, in the Walls from A Different Shade of Blue. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to hear a quick clip from In the Walls before we go into more about a tear in the fabric of life. Again, very heavy, very primal, very that breakdown. Just yeah, dude, that breakdown in the middle of that—that that was like the, I had the sensation of like, oh, I just got thrown out of a high rise. Like it was just like that <laughs> sheer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. So this EP was also accompanied by an animated music video by Magnus Johnson that you can watch on YouTube. I watched it when it first came out, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's maybe about 20 minutes long. I should have wrote it down. But uh, it it's, this, it's stylistically very, very cool. I have a quote here from Garris about the EP. It's a little bit of a long quote. It's a story about extreme grief and the levels a person is willing to go through to get rid of it. The story follows a main character through a traumatic car crash late one night in the woods that leaves his partner deceased. And from there, you spiral with him into the depression and guilt that comes with being the cause of something so detrimental. This is the first time we really dove in and tried to create something sonically that evokes a different range of emotions and overall something that introduces tension and anxiety with a massive payoff. The story is told not only through the words, but through the music as well, which proved to be our biggest challenge in writing. Lyrically, this story ended up being much more personal than we initially intended. We started with the idea to tell a fictional story, but throughout the process, I found ways to incorporate real feelings of loss and mourning, as well as anger and self-doubt. I've always been a very personal writer, and this was originally a step away from that into something more artistic. But in the end, it was just as therapeutic as writing a regular Knock Loose record, and I think you'll be able to hear that. We are going to hear a clip from the first song on uh, Terror in the Fabric of Life, and this song is called Where Light Divides the Holler. That gives you a little taste of that. I, I I love the sort of screeching of the brakes and the way yeah. the guitar and everything comes in there and then kind of stops and you get a little bit more and 
that kicks off the the album. I've been listening to that a lot. It's been in my quite heavily and regular rotation for me. That's awesome. Ross and I have tickets to see them at the Orlando House of Blues in April. It's yeah, supporting the CP. It's the Tearing the Fabric of Life tour. Uh, the fact that they are headlining the Orlando House of Blues is crazy to me. Just a band with this type of sound yeah. to be headlining there is it just it's kind of bonkers to me. But I'm excited about it. I certainly will be going nowhere near the pit. Uh, this is <laughs> definitely have, steering right, so clear had, of that. I had a client. Actually, I brought up the fact that we're going to go see them in April. And I had a client um, deadpan and go, yeah, no, I'm going to be there too. I was like, oh, cool. Like, Let me know where you're going. He's like, yeah. Well, the second Knocked Loose comes out, I'm not even going to be close to the floor. She's like, nope. I'm going up. She's like, I'm going to be way up in the balcony area. I have seen videos of a knock loose pit. I don't know if I want to do that. I was like, I was like, I understandable. I've listened to them. <laughs> I, that, is a, that, is a, that is a very justified thing. Um, I think I'm probably going to be just safely in the wing somewhere observing. That's where not going to be. Yeah. 100%. yeah I'm, in, I'm in full dad mode where I'm like, I can't have my wrists snapped or my. No, I am definitely going to pull out my phone for counting worms to film what happens in the pit during that <laughs> arf arf part. But uh, you try not, to get that world star money. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> not going any. You can hear from every song I played that is like, I'm so excited. I did want to give a quick shout out to the Scoped Exposure podcast. It's a interview show, kind of documenting the hardcore scene. And I listened to interviews with Garris Hale on, and Paxson on there. So if you're that's the type of thing you're interested in, please go check that out. Heck yeah. Nice. That's awesome. It was fantastic to learn about something new. I know you guys had the tickets for this show, and I've heard you talk about them before, Sam, but I don't think I've actually listened to them yet. So that was fun to do. And maybe I'll – well, I know I'm probably going to go listen to more of that. So that's – fun for sure so thank you for bringing that to my attention our listeners attention as well and we're gonna go ahead and take one more quick break before we get into our final segment of would you rather and thank you very much to our kind sponsors for those kind words of encouragement here we are in our final segment to bring you would you rather questions uh grabbed from around the depths of would you rather's Reddit and our minds is where they typically come from. And hopefully they'll come be coming from you all very soon. I'm waiting. You're just, you just need a little courage to, to reach out to us and let us know what would you rather, would you like to hear? You can do it. We're not going to bite. Just go ahead. Reach out, reach out on, on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter and, and give us some suggestions. Anyway, enough begging. I'm going to start us off with a really simple one. Would you rather live in a world where it's called, chicken burger or chicken sandwich oh the world is called the the actual item itself is called a chicken burger or a chicken sandwich Uh, i think a chicken sandwich i've always called it a chicken sandwich as well as have i a chicken burger sounds weird so i'm going to go ahead and click even if it is that way it's a i've called it a chicken patty i would have never called it a chicken burger Right, like like the the actual patty itself, I would have called a chicken patty and a chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. But yeah, burger yeah. had never crossed my mind. Well, it seems most people agree with us. Out of 199 votes, 141 
were for chicken sandwich. So oh. we're part of the, the majority. We're normal. So great. <laughs> and that's according to Reddit standards. So do any of you boys, I know Sam was thinking of one. What would you rather or a question would you like to bring to us tonight? Okay. Um, would you rather go on tour for 10 months at, out of a year? Uh-huh. Or go in a knocked loose pit once a month for 10 months for a year. Oh, wow. Go on tour for 10. Oh, wow. That is pretty tough. Uh, I think I would probably, I don't know. Take wait, the, is, the t- is the 10 months, is that just a one-time deal? Or is, or is this like all of them for, are a one-time deal? For one year, deal. this has to happen, basically? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I would take the tour. Yeah, in that the case. tour. Yeah, if it was like, like a forever thing that changes thing, but if it's like, yeah, I'll go on tour for one year for 10 months, that's an experience. Yeah. And to go in a pit once a month for 10 months? Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't know. That just doesn't seem as exciting. I feel like there's, there's a gonna... lot of variables in yeah. the pit. <laughs> sure. Oh, so you're just thinking about like getting to travel and see. Exactly. See, yeah. I'm like, I'll be able to see the country. <laughs> see the country. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or get the shit beat out of you <laughs> once a month for ten months. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like on tour, I'm most likely in the band or something, and I'm not going to be right, having right. to participate in said. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll just be like watching it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. That's fair enough. Um, I was going to go with the pit, <laughs> but now you're but, thinking about um, it. Nice vacation around the country. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that I'm thinking of it, it's like, because let's say it's with your friends in a van where you are just driving all the time and it's not like the most luxury living, but like if I, it would, if I were to go on tour, it'd be with you guys. So would I rather do that for 10 months or once a month? Although I'd also, I would do that because I get to see you guys all the time. I would get to see Knocked Loose once a month in another scenario, but I'm sure that would wear off after it's like yeah six, oh, six times. i have to go to the, another knocked loose shoe and get the shit kicked out of me in a pit <laughs> <laughs> you would start to hate the music i think it would be yeah, like think, maybe dude you yeah. would by month four you're gonna be in like that ballistic suit that they use like canine dogs like the canine cops like you're just gonna have that you're gonna waddle into the center and just be like all right just fucking get it over with let's just do this mm-hmm. that's a good point valid yeah, yeah, great. And Ross, what would you rather? Did you come up with anything? Uh, uh, absolutely, jump into that noggin so, of yours. Okay, this is a really funny and stupid one. Would you rather want to die like Stu died, or did you want to die like Billy died? Ooh, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Billy was shot in the head. Mul- he was shot right? multiple times. He was stabbed with a. Yeah, he was stabbed with an umbrella. Uh, mm-hmm. he technically fell down the stairs himself, but that must have fucking hurt. And then ultimately, he was <laughs> shot Finger in the, head. in the umbrella hole. Exactly. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Then he got. St- yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or and Stu. Stu got stabbed multiple times, and then the TV electrocution thing. <laughs> yeah. Totally. totally. I think I'm gonna go shot in the head, Billy. I think I'd go Billy too. You know, I'm gonna wild card it. Honestly, just to say you went down by a TV electrocuting you to death. That'd be kind of fun. I mean, you're going to die. Well, you don't way, really so. get to say that, but. Well, you mean, I would more be like. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did he die? Did Other he... people will say it about you. Yeah, how did he die? A TV was put on his face. Put on Crap. his face I mean, sounds different than the... smashed on his head. 
A TV that was put on his true. face. <laughs> it just sounds like you just like laid it there. <laughs> just lightly placed. <laughs> and he was like, I can't take it. Yeah. Suffocated. yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, there I think we have it. It's it's two shots in the head, one TV uh face electrocution. So that's I think where we're gonna start coming to the end of our episode here. You know, we had a very fun, odd time in the sense that we, you know, changed our changed what we were doing mid-format because we were yeah. just going into mm-hmm. scream. And it was awesome because that is a movie we love. We'll 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 probably yeah. say it again. That is a certified yeah. shuttle, and we highly recommend Absolutely. to check yeah. it out and have fun with it. And anticipation of the new one. Again, tweet at us, Instagram at us, let us know what you think about any of the screams we definitely yeah. want to jump back into those worlds mm-hmm. a little bit more so as always i want to go ahead and thank ross and i want to thank sam you can find both of them at chuttle the ross and chuttle the sam on instagram <laughs> and uh additionally That's on right. twitter for sam you can follow mm-hmm. me at chuttle the brian with a y because we love, we love you. you and you can follow <laughs> all of us at chuttle the pod on instagram and twitter and once again i gotta say thank you audience we we really appreciate yeah. everything that you you're, you're bringing to us with just listening to it we see that you know someone out there is actually listening to it maybe one or two people on top of that as well so thank you very much and uh, go ahead and rate us. You can rate us on Spotify now. That's fun. Go ahead and do that. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And let the world know about Chuddle the Pod. So until next time, we'll be waiting. Hey guys, Chuddle the Brian with a Y here. Just wanted to say, stop listening. It's not worth it. We um we we weren't lying about pulling shit out of our ass about this. We 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 don't know what we're doing. We're uh, I'm not gonna use this. Don't worry. <laughs>